Welcome to Total Meltdown, Pwn.com's official podcast. This is episode 21, and I'm your host, G-Nitro, joined by my young grasshoppers, Quiglin and Church. Well, it's better than last week. Yeah, def- definitely <laughs> better right. than last week. <laughs> That's true. Um, hope everybody enjoyed that blooper reel of me trying to say it originally. Um, also this week with us is Rich from Gametopias.com and the host of the Gametopia podcast. Ah, sound like a mouthful there for you. Yeah. Like I said, I'm hopped up on Mountain Dew Amp, so I'm kind of <laughs> going crazy here. Why don't you just drink the Dew and skip the Amp? The whole Amp thing doesn't taste that good. but I think uh, it does, and I got this black tea flavor that I'm trying for the first time. You know, I experimented two weekends in a row with different sodas. So last weekend I tried ginger ale green tea. How's oh, that? Puked. It tastes like, it tasted like <laughs> carbonated sushi. Like if you sushi thrown into seltzer water, shaken, stirred, and then you drink it. Disgusting. I couldn't finish it. I had to throw it out. Oh. And then last night, which I thought it was going to be good, turned out not to be, was the A&W a root beer float in a can. Oh. Mm-hmm. That doesn't so, sound good at all. No. So, maybe, but I'm like, oh, it doesn't have the ice cream in it, but we'll try it. Literally, it's like root beer that's almost flat. That let they let the ice cream melt in it, and they put it in a bottle and said, "Here you go." Oh, oh that's weird. Yeah, I wow. tried that one time, and I was like, "I'm." I took like a couple of sips, and I was like, "I'm done with this." Well, I've actually tried now all the amp energies except for one, which is the grape soda style, because I'm not a big grape fan, but I have one, so I'm kind of putting that off because I keep like, "No, nah, I'm not in the mood for it." But I've tried the green tea, the black tea, and the mixed berry this week. Both teas were pretty good. Mixed berry was all right. Hmm. So, um, uh, Rich, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get um, acquainted with who you are? I am tall, dark, and handsome, single, like long walks on the beach, and uh, don't have an, a hentai obsession like Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> no one does. I don't think anyone does, to be honest <laughs> with you. What, just because I got another game in from uh, this week? Man. Are you the guy that owns Custard's Revenge for the 2600? I do not. Uh, I was just wondering. Okay. <laughs> I own a lot of games. That is not one of them. All right. So, yeah, uh, about myself. Wow, this could be very boring. Um, yeah, so I started a website called Gametopius back in August of 2008. And we kind of did like a whole redesign and relaunch in January. And uh, so we're like uh, trying to build a community and not so we're not just a social networking site we're, we're our focus is on community. But also we aren't the site that's going to bring you the latest in gaming news because there's too many sites out there that do it a lot better than we ever could. So we just try to do, uh, review the majority of good games, give you an honest opinion and uh, write some really interesting editorial. What made you want to start the site? Uh, well, maybe I absolutely love video games. Um, I don't like the job I'm in right now, so try to start like my own thing so I could do it on my own time. But uh, I, I think I was getting annoyed by some of the sites out there because it was all about the quick hits, and there it wasn't like a like I love the magazine EGM. And I would read the EGM because that was some really well-written commentary in there. And I just really liked reading that type of commentary. And I think that we're lacking that on the internet. 
And now with the demise of EGM being destroyed, it, there's less and less of that out there for the core gamer. And I think that's something that we should start to focus on is uh, better well-written editorial, not just like little blurbs of what you get across in an RSS feed. Yeah, I agree. I know um, for Pwned, we have that, but I also push the writers to do op-ed pieces as well as more game reviews if possible. Because I think, you know, it's really easy just to write a paragraph or two. Well, also, if you look at, like, the majority, like, if you look at, now this isn't to, like, knock them, but I, because I read them all the time, but if you look at Kotaku and Joystick, it's almost the same exact stories with a little, little difference in summary. And you do all the other video gaming websites out there, everyone's doing news. It's, it's the same thing over and over, and it gets very tiring. That's not even a word. It's very, it's very repetitive, and I don't see why we need so many news sites out there as it is. Like, I guess we need different opinions on different people, even though everyone thinks the same, pretty much. I don't even. It's not even opinion though, because they're just summarizing the stuff. And then you get like uh, the Hip Hop Gamer Show, which is a site that drives me absolutely nuts. Because he copy and pastes his articles verbatim from other news sources and posts them on his website. And then he has the most uneducated television web show I've ever seen. And he's always up on the top story in M4G. And I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you got to appeal to the lowest common denominator or something. But it's very annoying. Yeah, I agree. I've listened to a small clip, and that was enough for me to never listen to him again. If I got, It sounds like he's forcing himself to talk ghetto it's, it's just <laughs> bad he really sounds like he's forcing it like you can definitely tell he's probably just some kid from the suburbs who no, it's from uh, Brooklyn that's a shock because he doesn't sound like it because he uh, oh he sounds like he's from that certain section in Brooklyn because uh, we saw him at New York I didn't see him but other people that were with my site were there and they saw him at uh, New York Comic Con, oh. and they said he sounded completely ghetto. So it's just it's just kind of interesting how like supposedly the average age of a gamer is thirty three years old, and the whole online seat and video game site is completely different than what you would have thought yeah. that age group is overall. Like. Uh, for example, like if you ever read, if you've read any comments over at UGO's review of uh, Killzone Two before the game came out, you would be absolutely shocked at some of these uh, opinions that people are putting out. Uh, they... I heard about that, but I refuse to go to UGO's website. Why is that? Um, the whole, uh, granted, it's not exactly their fault per se, but the whole EGM and One Up firings really oh, see, struck a chord. That here's the problem with it. This is the perfect. I'm so glad you brought this up. This is the perfect example of people not doing fact checking with their news, especially this site. It's not your fault, but it's more the sites reporting it. Yeah. Everyone thinks that UGO closed down EGM, but that's not the case. Oh, I know. They didn't buy EGM. Zip Davis did. closed them, that down. Yeah, because and they bought UGO, which was going to be closed down anyway if UGO didn't do the buyout. So they actually saved a portion of UG of uh, One Up. But EGM, unfortunately, was run poorly, and in the digital age, it's hard to have a magazine nowadays. 
No, I understand that totally. I mean, that's why I, I was more... Some of the people they let go were kind of shocking, I guess I would say. Well, they rehired a couple of them. This freelance. you got to remember, UGO is owned by Hearst Corporation, which is, owns a ton of newspapers and magazines, and they're trying to get rid of those properties right now, or to yeah. be profitable, so they can't take on that many people. And they're in, under a budget crunch. They couldn't just hire everyone. Oh, I know you can't hire everyone, but there's some people there that really would have done well sticking with OneUp.com, in my opinion. Yeah, well, they rehired Milky from, who was the editor-in-chief at EGM when it got disbanded. Yeah. But, you know, Shane Bettenhauser and Nick Sutner have all got different jobs elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, Shane had already had that one lined up. I, I mean, congrats to Nick Sutner for finding a job pretty quickly after being laid off with Sony. Um, and I, It's a tough time to find a job, and the fact he did it so... Soon, I think we'll be that and one of the Geek Box guys is now with Future Publishing. Yeah, and the whole uh, crew over at Co-op are now now have a sponsor there. Yeah, well, it's uh, I think they got the same deal that um, the Totally Rad Show has, as in that they own Co-op, which is from the people who made the One Up Show, but they and it's like a, a distribution deal with Revision Three. Yeah. <laughs> So hopefully they can do it full time because I think the totally retro guys. I think that might be a good source of their income. Yeah, it's good for them. Yeah, I've yet to watch the new co-op episode that came out. The first episode of the new launch with the with Revision Three. Um. Uh, let's see. Um, how's everybody else been doing right now? Quig Church. Uh, in pain. Would you go wrestling again? No, oh. <laughs> I um, sprained my knee sometime um, within the past two weeks and just been in pain ever since. I going to physical therapy actually tomorrow morning. I went to see my doctor and told me, oh, yeah, you have a majorly sprained knee. It could be taken up to uh, two to four weeks to get have it healed. Oh, gee, thanks, doc. So has it hindered your dating this girl? No. How's that I've been, been going? Um. I actually, I just came home from seeing her. Actually, <laughs> that's ah, really so that's why I was freaking out of why you were, if you were gonna make it or not. I almost texted you. I even said to Quig, "I'm about to text him," and then boom, you signed on. Oh, I, it, it was funny too. So I'm like, I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, he's gonna text me. <laughs> I know he's gonna <laughs> text me like real soon. And so, no, I just came from seeing her actually, and um, I, I was tired of walking around with the crutches, so I, I actually got myself a cane. So oh. I'm actually like walking around like house. Is it like a pimp cane? Um, no. I wish, but no. Here's the weekly question, then. You hit it yet? No. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> tactful as always. Always, you know it. Oh, come on. It's the weekly question. <laughs> what about you, Quig? How you been? Oh, uh, actually, I've been really good. Uh, we actually had some time. Uh, we weren't working overtime every day this week, just most of the days this week. So I was actually able to come home and actually play some games, which was kind of nice for once you you play games no way yeah i mean it actually happens every once in a while when i'm not working like 50 hours a week only 50 yeah only 50 dude that's not a lot of overtime i'm not convinced considering the <laughs> is 40 it's only 10 extra hours i'll have 57 this week it's two two hours a day yeah, you still well, more than enough time for games you can neglect the family friends girlfriend whatever that is <laughs> I'll uh, I'll have to keep that in mind for next time. Trust me, it goes but... great for social life. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet it does. Yeah. 
I'm sure that's going to get around. I don't really have much of a social life here in Cincinnati. Cause in Cincinnati? This place is a, cult- it's a, place a cultural wasteland. <laughs> oh, I wish I was joking. <laughs> well, I, um, since I got a weave a few weeks ago. Um, one of us. One yeah, yeah, of yeah. Um, I did this past <clears throat> Monday. Was it this past Monday I hacked it? When we had the snow? I can't remember. Um, I believe, no, was it Monday that or was Tuesday? Like two weeks ago. All... What, the snow? It wasn't like, was that last week? Okay, yeah, then this past Monday I took off. Because I was about to start a 18-day straight work. Um, so I decided, hey, I'm going to take the day off. Well, I got in Legend of Zelda. So... I did the old Twilight hack and downgraded my Wii to 3.2 and did a full hack. Um, now, for those who want to hit me up and say, oh, use this site to download these games, I'm not using it for downloading games. I'm using it to play my legitimate import copies. Of hentai on the Wii. No, of <laughs> Suzumiya Haruki no Gekido. Um, and... I, know, I know there must be some type of hentai Asian influence. Okay, there is an import I have that's not completely... Yeah. Hold on, hold on. It's not completely <laughs> hentai. It's called Os- Osoji Sentai Kurinkipa. What's that? It translates to Japanese Clean. housewives get naked. <laughs> I got a hard stick. It's, um... What is it? Cleaning Squadron Clean Keeper? Wait, I heard uh-huh. Sentai in there. I heard Sentai... No, I'm joking. Yeah, that's the squadron part. Um, It's basically a game where you're in heaven. It's a high school in heaven, and... These girls start attacking each other, and you have to like rub the dirt off. Right. Dirt <laughs> monsters. Hold on, it's not. You know, I thought it was gonna be a lot more uh, eroge, like um, some of the DS games that have come out, but it's really not. They convincing that bad. me. The title and description so far. <laughs> it's really not as bad as it sounds. I really was kind of. I would say for me, I was disappointed. I thought I was expecting more. Um, oh, now, God. it does, after you win those battles, it does unlock some very saucy CG pictures. Uh-huh. That's probably as best as you get. Like, the one I got as a girl with in a bath, in a shower or whatever, eating a banana. <laughs> it wasn't like that wee picture I sent you last week. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 not that bad. This this isn't full-blown. It's still a game that uh is sold in stores. <laughs> For now. Um, wow. So, um, did that, and I saw the singer-songwriter Rachel Yamagata last night. Oh, yeah. Um, she's awesome. Uh, for those who don't know, she's half German, half Japanese. Um, has a song called, her biggest songs were Warn Me Down and Be Your Love. Uh, she's had her songs featured on stuff like Grey's Anatomy and O.C., uh, two shows that I frequently watch all the time. I don't time. watch them either. I'm just saying for those out there listening who might have heard her stuff. Um, so before I even got to leave the house to go, I was upstairs and um, my dog decides that he's going to start peeing at the top of the steps <laughs> and walk all the way down the steps while still peeing oh. <laughs> and then walk under my coffee table and leave a big puddle. He can walk and pee at the same time? I don't. I was pissed. (laughs) I'll tell you right now, I got two slaps on him, and he was already hiding in his cage. I didn't have to throw him in the cage. He already knew. (laughs) I was furious. Huh? 
How old is your dog? Dog's almost four years old. That's what pisses me off. What is he retarded? No, I think he does it because he gets angry at me. <laughs> Not showing enough attention, so you're giving more attention to your hentai games than your dog. No, mm-hmm. I was getting ready to go to the concert, and then I had to cut short. I didn't get the shave. I didn't get the shower. I was like, "You motherfucker!" I was furious. I was screaming at him. Shower. So you went to the concert after you just cleaned up piss. Basically, I washed my hands. That was about it. Oh, you must have smelled something fierce. No. What? Not like I rolled around in it. <laughs> you would never know, Mike. We never know. No. Yeah. Just remember, he's very practiced at washing things from his new hentai game. <laughs> Wash the dirt off. <laughs> Did you try that community game on the Xbox that's like uh, the vibrating game? No. The what? All it is is uh, you can change the... Um, the level of vibration in your controller, if you want it pulse or just to be straight, and it just vibrates. So pretty much it's like turning your 360 controller into a vibrator. Wow. And it got approved? Yeah. You can buy it for like a couple bucks. Wow. Oh, dear God. That's mm. ridiculous. It's the crappiest looking game of it because you can download like a two minute demo. It's the crappiest looking thing ever. Fangirl service, anyone? Yeah, I'm not even going to go there. Um, Alright, um, so why don't we get into some member feedback and questions. Um, I figure we'll start with the feedback first. So, we've got a new listener now. A uh, new fan, it seems, as well. Um, Sweet Cheeks 629 For those who don't know her, she's a what fairly che- new member. Hmm? What cheeks is she referring to? Do not know. She says sweet know. cheeks six two nine, but not really sweet. That's what her name says. White um, cheeks. That's a big issue of knowing sweet or not. For those who don't know, she's Ace's wife. Uh, they recently did get a three sixty this past week. Um, after being very into the PS three, they finally converted. <laughs> um, but she says, uh, "Wow, first time I listened to the podcast." She started off at episode nineteen. Uh, she says she thinks the new rumored PSP sounds stupid. I agree. I want something in hand as well. Talking about the games as it's a possibility that it's going to be all digital. Um, she says, because what if something happened to your PSP and you had to have it redone? Would they replace your games? I don't know. I just think that the new PSP sounds like a bad idea, but who knows? They'll probably bring it out since they will have some people buy it. Well, uh, I hope hmm? they let you re-download the games that you get. Though knowing Sony, they'll probably foobar that up. Yeah, uh, Sony's been good about that on the PS3. It's Nintendo that doesn't allow you to re-download stuff. And iTunes. Yeah. What? And Amazon. Wait, what? Wait, if wait, you wait, lose back, your stuff back. on your virtual console, you're screwed. But we'll talk <laughs> no, about that don't. in the discussion. Yes, you will. Trust me. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no. Okay, okay, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll wait, but I'm going to argue, though, at that point. No, you can <laughs> re-download it on your Wii that you own now, but if you bought a new Wii because your other one broke... You can't re-download, but we'll discuss that at, as our discussion. Um, <laughs> um, she also says, when I said we have an iPhone app in, um, being waiting approval and a G1 app in uh, production, uh, and I said there will probably be a BlackBerry app, she says she also really wants the BlackBerry app, so she's hoping that you guys can get it for Pwn. Um also, G Nitro, you definitely are my hero. I'm also looking forward to more of you guys and your podcast. 
Ace is the one who told me about them, so I figured I would give them a listen. Nice job, guys. See you in the shout box. P.S. Her hero? She must have extremely low standards for heroes. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, mine's Batman. I trove. Damn. (laughs) She obviously does not. I'm telling you, you better watch it. The next show over at Gametopia, it's on. Since you cut me out of one already. I, it wasn't my fault. I tried to get you the next day. Just something screwed up. you hit me up through freaking I, Skype it, instead of hitting me up on AIM? Oh, I'm sorry. Are both open on the same computer? Yeah, I'm just, I don't see the Skype messages, though, for some reason. Yeah. Sorry, Rich. It was my bad. I ratted you out. So yeah, I would yeah. never have known if Church had never said anything. So Because I know he doesn't listen to the own show, so we would have been fine if it wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, well, there's a new one, so I'm like, okay. I can't I'm listen, listen to myself. <laughs> I really can't. It's tough enough when I have to make an edit, and i got to hear this podcast. Only because I can't stand my own voice. I think a lot of people are that way. You think we can stand your voice, too? I'm I just... hope so, I guess. You, you're <laughs> the one who invited me on your show, so obviously you can. Um, I just have too many girls on my show. I needed to get more testosterone in it. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with any of the girls you have on your show, though. They're all good. No, they're all chill. Um, she also says, "P.S. Nitro, I had fun playing Halo Three on game night, even though I did terrible." Was she on? Well, what Halo? Th- was this our game night or Pwn game night? Uh, the Pwn one. The only one that came on to the game Topius one was Mo. Well, yeah, because I told her via Twitter. When? So you you guys have yours on Sunday, right? Uh, Saturday. This Saturday will be our Halo 3 at, I think it's a normal time. Finally Saturday. got a controller, so I should be better this time around. Because my reload button, because I have one of the limited edition Todd McFarlane Halo 3 controllers, because I love his artwork, but the reload button's like stuck in, so I gotta like basically slam the controller to reload. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah it's at 8pm next week, or this Saturday. Um, Standard time, correct? Uh, it's Eastern, yes. So five, five, five for the West Coasters. Um, now we have comment from Hey Hey Chesik, K A Nicola. She says, "Favorite moment of last week's podcast was Church saying, oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack at the age of twelve. Gotta love or really hate the kids on Xbox Live.'" Mm-hmm. And actually, Sweet Cheeks left us another comment this time on last week's show. Um, says, great podcast. Digital downloads to me will be a thing of the future, I believe. I really do not want them to be, but things happen that we cannot control. Also, as Nitro stated, and the rest of the console gamers want something in hand. I like my game collection and being able to physically pick up the disc and play it. My questions to you guys that... Oh, let me see. It's not really well-spaced out here. Sorry, Sweet Cheeks, not to call you out. Um... <laughs> Uh, my question to you guys that you did not touch bases on was about the hard drives. Yes, you will have to have a huge hard drive, which is true. Um, she goes, but what if something happens and it crashes? Will they replace all your games, or are you stuck rebuying them all over again? I see this is a problem, a huge problem. I know you could maybe back up your files on an external, but most people would not think about it or even want to waste that amount of time. You know, most people do not back up their files now and piss them on when their hard drive crash in their computers. I see this as a big problem to come if it all goes digital, and would the companies have legal obligation to give you those downloads again? Um, or would they have a clause in that contract that states 
that after you download a copy of a game, they have no obligation to let you re-download the copy. Uh, well, I know she said it's something of the future, but it's kind of not. Like, with the Xbox, you can re-download stuff. Yeah, it's PS3 as well. And with the PS3, so that's good. Yeah. The Wii, if you have the same Wii, you can, but it doesn't go by a account. Which, uh, once again, is dumb. But if if more services make their stuff like Steam, yeah, where it doesn't matter where you are, you can download, then you're not going to have to worry about a hard drive issue because it's being backed up on their machines. Right. Yep. And creates less clutter. As much as I like having a copy of games, you ever trying to move with all that stuff? You give like seven boxes dedicated to games? See, I don't Ooh. mind. <laughs> I have two full shelves of games. Um... I should say bookcases of games, not shelves. Uh, I don't know. I think the problem, like I heard on a, another podcast recently, what happens when it switches consoles? Will that console then allow you to download the games you had on the previous console? No, um, I don't think it has to. Yeah, because it's going to cause a problem, but unfortunately nobody knows how that's going to work until it actually happens. So we will find out around 2012. <laughs> I can see maybe if it's like the new Xbox... And you already own like games like Braid that you could re-download them. But if like say Xbox goes away and then like Sega comes out with a console, yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Well, I also wonder how they'll do digital downloads as in uh, new maps and stuff for games. I'm sure maps you'll be able to do, but I can't see every game being allowed to re-download expansions. You can re-download expansions and maps, especially with the. Um... Well, I'm saying with the new console. Well, I don't know. Halo 2 allows it. I know yeah. if you do Halo 2, you can actually go in there and re-download the maps for Halo 2. And they're free now. So. Well, that's because if you brought out a 360 and have it support Halo 2, no one would, the first year that was out, no one would have got it for that reason. True. Um, she finishes up with, The future may be now, but I do not think it is time for a digital download-only console. Too many issues need fixed with the disc-based consoles before we can even think about going digital. I totally agree there. I say leave digital to PCs and discs to the consoles. I, I think if they want to go completely digital, that they, they have to have the infrastructure to store the stuff on their servers and not have... Yeah. Well, I completely agree with right now leaving it to PCs and only because with PCs, you can always change your hard drive out. Um, with the 360, you have to buy what they sell. Um, Wii has no hard drive. And oh, yeah. PS3, you can go up to about a 320 gig, which is what I have. And that's about it because after that, the RPM speeds get too high and actually will melt inside the machine. Really? Yeah. They tell you don't go above 5400 RPM. 5400? Oh, you can't get seventy two hundred. You're not. They advise against it. Wow. That's so interesting. Chess also said, "I thought you guys would find this pretty neat. I was listening to the podcast, and her friend, her Japanese friend Miyako, came in and was listening to some of it, and she had her try to guess which one of you." was who, just by your voices. So she went to your pages, and she matched Church's voice with his picture. Yes. But thought that Quiglin's voice belonged to Nitro, and Nitro's voice belonged to Quiglin. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm officially insulted. 
Oh, <laughs> come on. See, I stayed away from that. I was going to go there, but I said, you know what? I'm going to be the bigger man. Well, I'm not going to be the bigger man. Come on, I play hentai games. You really think I'm going to be the bigger man? Maybe that's I... why you're still single, is these hentai games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, Quicklin, you, you're not insulted that you're known as G-Nitro? Oh, I, I didn't want to say it, though. I didn't want to be, you know, that guy. <laughs> um... She also asks us, this is our only question for the week, um, what are some of your hobbies that you enjoy other than video games? Who wants to start? G-Nitro, please. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything off the bat. Somebody start. I'll, <laughs> I'll go last. Um, well, well, I also, well, besides video games, um, whoever listened to it a couple episodes ago, I also uh, DJ online uh, for Simply Radio. Uh, it's, which is a um, an Asian radio station. Um, I also, well, before I even hurt my knee, um, worked out and, you know, just go out about with my friends and, you know, hang out and drink and whatnot. So that's my hobbies right there. Rich, what about you? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a complete geek now. Uh, still really... Books? In- <laughs> yeah, books. Love graphic novels. I was going to say, do you do pen and paper RPGs? I have, not recently. Wow. been a couple of years. Though I know a few of us uh, on our podcast are trying to start up a Skype uh, Dungeons & Dragons game. Weird. Nice. That, oh, that'd be Quig nice. would be the one to say nice. <laughs> hey, well, I think that's pretty you're clever. The, you are the Lord of the Rings online guy. so That kind uh, of gives it away. <laughs> that's a video game. Ah. Uh, I also am trying to learn the guitar, which has been a long struggle. And then um, I, I go to the gym pretty five days a week, though you can't really tell. And <laughs> I ski. And I love movies. Love movies. Nice. Uh, um, Quig, I just wanted to say, well, the reason why I say Lord of the Rings Online is because it seems to be the MMO that more of the D&D style people go towards, not unlike WoW. Which hits everybody, and especially more of the casual market. I love WoW. I just haven't had the time to play. I'm gonna say that. Just throw that out there. I've been thinking about trying to get back into it, but I don't know. We'll see. Wait, wait. Which server are you on? Who? Um, uh, Rich. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. See, when you start a website, all your time goes into the website, and you have less time to play WoW because WoW is sucking up forty hours of my life a week <laughs> easily. I have a character on Gilneas. And I was on Blackwing Lair, but I am trying to transfer my 65 priest over to another server. But now you weren't doing transfers at the moment. Okay, here here's the important question for me then: Horde or Alliance? Uh, I have my 65 priest is a Horde, and I got a 40 something rogue that's Alliance. Hmm. For the Horde. Yes, for the Horde. W H O R E D. Well, <laughs> I enjoy playing Horde. I really like Horde because, I, 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 especially the whole Undercity and everything. But uh, I gotta say, I really like how polished the Alliance side is, too. Like to me, I, I guess I, I guess I'm more allegiance because I've had better luck on the Horde side because it's uh, it tends to be less uh, immature kitties. Yeah. Compared to the alliance, but with the alliance side, I like the the uh, look of like the huge built castles and, and the whole Renaissance style. I really like. But you know, it's a community game, so what makes it is the community get on the horde side. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What about you, Quig? What are your hobbies outside of gaming? Outside of gaming, um, I really like to read. Uh, I like to do a bit of writing, and uh, like I just finishing up my media review writing class uh, this upcoming week. Finished my paper yesterday, so nice. uh, I, I enjoy doing that. And otherwise, I'd like to just watch a lot of movies. Pretty much. Um, That's about it. All right, my hobbies outside of video games um, include. Oh, here we go. Anime is a big one. Um, I got into that when I was thirteen. Um, been a fan ever since. Uh, got out of it for a long time and recently really got back into it. Um, Talking young Japanese girls online. <laughs> no, no. Um, I also like, uh, I'm a big fan of music. I love going to concerts. Like I said, I went to Rachel Gamagata last night. I uh, see Vienna Tang in May. Might go see Lady Sovereign as well in May, but I'm not sure yet. Because um, that shows at 11 o'clock p.m. in D.C., in a bad area of D.C., and I wouldn't get out of it till like, 2 or 3 a.m. I don't think I'd make it back home. Wear a vest and bring a knife. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll get in the club with that. <laughs> um, I have diabetes. I need to cut steak later. That's why I have a knife. <laughs> uh, I also... Uh, I'm also into movies. I uh, just saw Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Really liked that movie. I was kind of surprised. Um... I saw it because I'm a Cat Dennings fan. Um, I thought she was hot ever since 40 Year Old Virgin. Cat Dennings fan. Yeah, she's the daughter a- from 40 Year Old Virgin. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I actually agree with you on something for once tonight, Joe. Yeah, she's freaking, <laughs> and she is hot in this movie as well. Um, God, because she's like, um, not like I'm so gorgeous hot. She's like that gothic nerdy geek hot. Yes, very. Like. And she's awesome in this movie. The whole movie was good. I liked it. It's definitely a love romance thing, but there's enough um, humor in it for guys to really enjoy it as well. Um, And I'm also a big... uh, I call myself a beer snob. Um, I'm always willing to try new beers, um, prefer microbrews and imports. Oh, she was in Big Mama's house too. Yeah, I didn't. That's the only movie I haven't seen. I just one of the few movies I haven't seen. I saw her in House Bunny, but she's done a lot of TV. Have you watched like her Without a Trace episode in CSI? No, I haven't. I don't watch any of those shows. I don't either. I'm just looking at her IMDb page. <laughs> Someone said she looks like a Hillary Duff. Ugh. No way. Hey, Hillary Duff's an idiot. She also said that when she was dating that guy from Good Charlotte, that they come from the ghetto of Waldorf, Maryland. Waldorf, Maryland. Uh, I don't want to say anything because I think we got some people there on the fight. <laughs> but I'm going to say it. Waldorf, Maryland is more white trash than ghetto. I'm sorry. He's not come from the fucking ghettos of of Maryland. He came from freaking Hickville. Who? who who's the lead singer of Good Charlotte is? Hasn't he been around the block? I'm sure he has some. And then like some, probably. He's just. That's whole... I'm sure he at least has herpes. I can't stand that asshole. I can't stand the group. It's one group from Maryland I wish never came out of it. <laughs> While, you know, groups like Jimmy's Chicken Shack have gone pretty much nowhere when they should be getting more exposure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's about it. Like I said, big beer snob. I love trying new beer. Um, I don't drink piss beer. No cores, no bud. I stopped after I got out of college and realized that I'd rather drink the nicer stuff. Hey, I drink really nice beers. Expensive. Like, I bought a four pack that cost me about sixteen to twenty bucks. 
did you drink? Uh, have you ever tried like the Sam Adams cherry wheat and stuff? Yeah, I don't like the cherry wheat. I did try their blackberry wheat, which was very good. I haven't tried the blackberry wheat, but Blue Moon put out a new beer last week. Yeah, I saw that. Their Spring Fling. It's pretty much a summer lager. Nothing special. Huh. I haven't tried their Spring Fling. I've tried their honey one, and I've tried their pumpkin. I like their pumpkin ale. Cool. Um, but so that's about it for our member feedback and questions. Uh, Is that like an essence of a Phil Collins song? I remember. <laughs> no, no Phil Collins here. Oh, what are you, a Sean baby? No. Almost South Park. <laughs> Their Phil Collins episode was great. See it. The last time I watched South Park, I haven't seen South Park, well, since the World of Warcraft episode. Wow. Before that, I, I like literally had to stop watching South Park because I was visiting actually a friend of mine who lives down in the Columbia section of Maryland. Oh, that's where I'm looking to move. Um, and so I was there because we had uh, – I used to play lacrosse, and we were at the – there's a tournament down in Maryland called the Beltway Bash for all these uh, – it's like a college pickup league kind of, but it's a little more organized. So we, used to, we went down there one year. Let me tell you, traveling with a bunch of guys into a hotel room for a lacrosse tournament is absolute debauchery. <laughs> Nonetheless, before I had arrived a couple days early – I was visiting, staying at my friend's in Maryland because it was like spring break. And uh, we were chilling one night and watched, we, we started to watch uh, South Park. And it was the Kenny gets the golden PSP and controls the army to kill off like the. Oh, that was, that a good was one. hilarious. But it was a whole parallel into like, uh, I can't remember the name. Terry Shiloh. Yeah, Terry Shibo, who, if folks don't remember, was the lady that was on life support, but they wanted to pull the plug because she, like, had no chance of whatever with coming out of her coma, and, she, you know, it was all these problems. And in the episode, Kenny gets put on life support, and there's a whole debate whether or not to pull him off or not. And uh, eventually, I forget exactly what happened, but... So, like, that episode ends and everything, and we continue. We ended up, like, falling asleep on the couch because we just watched TV until we fell asleep. I wake up the next morning, and it's on the news. That lady died. <laughs> the next day, after I watched the episode and laughed my ass off on South Park, I, like, was sitting there, and I'm like, because my buddy's name Mikey. I'm like, Mikey. He's like, what are you waking me up? I go, remember South Park last night about that lady? He goes, yeah. I'm like, she just died this morning. He goes, oh, shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. It's still a funny episode. <laughs> um, they've done a lot of stuff that's probably considered um, too soon, like um, when they made fun of uh, Steve Irwin's death. I don't know if anybody saw that one. Satan was having like one of those My Sweet Sixteen parties, and it was a costume <laughs> oh, party, one, yeah. and uh, Steve Irwin shows up with a stingray hanging out of his chest, and um, he's like. Well, Satan, it's me. <laughs> and he's like, because no, he goes at first. He goes, you you need to leave. That that costume, it's just too soon. And he goes, but it's me, Satan. And Satan's like, oh, well, you're not in costume. Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god. And it was like a week or two after, maybe a month. But I remember um the media threw a fit because he was oh. their darling news story. Um, 
But well, they threw I, a fit, and it was all over about South Park about it. He, people went to Halloween dressed as Steve Brown random when I was in college. People went as um, Virginia Tech victims. Yeah, I saw that. That got some press, which was a little... Uh, that was a little that, fucked up. Yeah. Um, Whoever came up with that idea should really, like, burn. Yeah, that was... It was that was way too soon. I mean, I think it was like that next Halloween. Do you guys remember the uh, what was it? The California wildfire that was like they couldn't stop it and whatnot. Well, I think that Halloween. I think someone around here, one guy was like, he had like this cardboard of California, and another guy was like the fire, and they were just they came together as like the California fire. I'm like, really? (laughs) You gonna do that around here? That's creative. The best yeah. was, uh, I don't know if anybody watched the Hurricane Ike coverage and saw the pedal bear dancing in the background. <laughs> that was great. He was on the thing. Like, even the newscaster had the men say something, and then they tried to cut away from him. But, yeah, YouTube bear dancing Hurricane Ike. Oh, it's freaking hilarious. It's right on the beach. Um, uh, but let's move on. Um, it's a slow week for Pwn News. Um just a heads a up. Show going on? Say what? Is that what we're doing? We're doing a show? Yeah. Whoa, I thought we just wanted to talk about games. I didn't know we were recording this, dude. <laughs> we got to move on. We're going to get to more games in a bit. I gotta, we got to get this part out of the way. Um, then we can go back to off-topic shit. Um, she is well-stocked, this Cat Nennings, I must say. <laughs> yes, she is. Um, anyway, <laughs> on the phone news side... <laughs> God damn it, dude! I'm gonna start calling you Robert Ashley in a second. <laughs> Sophistication plus plus. Um, so basically, this is just changes like... coming to the news section of Pwned. Um, a huge revamping. I'm not. I can't say any more right now. We're still working out details. Um, I'll be working with my managing editor Hades on the ideas and such, and then I'm gonna have a meeting with all the writers. And some writers, well, I'm not going to say anything yet. But we're definitely going to make sure that the core writers are going to stay. Uh, people who haven't written in a month or so, sorry guys, we we can't hold on to dead weight. We need people that are dedicated. Um, seems to me that the proper way to say that is you're going through some structural changes. <laughs> I am not being PC. I'm not a PC person at all. I work at a company that does this stuff really well. But all of those people will be treated with the respect they've earned and deserve. No, but you know what? I sent out um, PMs to all the writing people that were on the writing staff. Most of them have not gotten back to me. By the time the revamp goes through, anybody who hasn't gotten back to me is just going to be taken off. It's, not, it's nothing personal, but if you're not going to at least give me the respect of a reply... I, I just got to take you off. Do you know she, she blogs and has a video blog on YouTube? <laughs> Dude, okay, fine. <laughs> we know Kat Dennings is hot. She's sexy, and we're all going to go check out that blog and video blog when she's done. Um, oh, she did, she's on YouTube. Damn. But uh, we're also our street team. Um, the street team is uh, getting closer and closer to being a reality. Clover is heading that up. Um, so if anybody has what any questions or want to help do? out, definitely give her a message and you can discuss anything you want with her and 
That should be up soon. I believe it's... The stream team is like their take on Hitler's SS. They will beat you into submission until you go to Pwn.com. Street team is us throwing <laughs> stickers up anywhere and everywhere until one of us gets arrested, then we stop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like Rich's idea better. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure that'll give us uh, press, but not the press we want. <laughs> There's no such thing as bad press. Just I remember. seriously said that when we were at... Uh, one of these gaming events, we just walk up to somebody and just punch them that's actually well-known in the industry and walk away. <laughs> Dude, she has all these pictures. This is gaming-related. Yeah, right. She has a hamster sitting in, like, this hamster arcade unit playing sh- what it looks like to be... It looks like a fighting game from Sega. Wait, where are you seeing this at? On okay. her page, I went to a Cat's photo album. It's... Look, we will deal with this at the end of the show. Let me finish my phone news. Seriously, we can we can e-stock her later. I'm writing here tonight and be like, Rich, I don't sit there. I don't derail your show that badly. Come on, <laughs> it's gonna be on. It's gonna be on at the next episode. Oh, that's gonna be one I can't wait to listen. Wait, can I be in it or no? Uh, I gotta check this. I don't think we have anyone scheduled for this week. Uh, so yeah, we could probably throw you in. I gotta check the schedule because I know we have people coming on for the next couple of weeks. So I gotta check. That's fine. Um, Pwn game That's... nights. Uh, we had our Left for Dead night the other night. Um, due to the due to the crap scoring that Valve set up in Left for Dead and how quickly the scores go by when I'm trying to take them down, um, we're now doing everybody who shows up just gets 100 Pwn points. It's too much work to try to get all the scores down and pay attention to what's going on at the same time because they quickly go off the screen. I got frustrated last night and just said, fuck it, everybody gets 100 points. Um, <laughs> next night's uh, COD4 this um, Wednesday at 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, after that, we have our Soul Calibur 4 night, Friday night at 9 o'clock Eastern. Then Halo 3 is 8 p.m. Eastern this Saturday and let me check the Resistance 2 time on Sunday, which also has a CSS night at 4. Um, but we will have Resistance 2 at 6 p.m. Eastern. So for those who didn't trade in the Resistance 2 when they got kills on 2, definitely got to come out to that. Um, so that's it for Pwn News. Let's move on to what we've been playing. Rich, why don't you start us off? <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, so Friday night, I decided to cave in and come and uh, purchase Braid and uh, play it, and I beat it. Well, I don't think it's worth the price. I definitely think that the story is actually really good. I actually really enjoyed the ending. Is it as pretentious as people say? Uh, like I think that the guy who made the game is very pretentious. I don't know necessarily about the game. Do you uh, think people just take that bias into the game when they play it then? Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, it's unfortunate that he was that outspoken because it kind of put like a harpening on the game like that. I know it made me not want to play it. I was just kind of like, you know what, dude, if you're going to talk like that, I'm, I don't want to support you. <laughs> yeah, which, which is, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that it cast a shadow like that, but it's a well-written story. I don't think it's worth $20, but the art style is great, how it looks like a, uh, a painting. But the, now he's like, oh, it's a puzzle game. You got to learn how to do the puzzles. The puzzles themselves, once you learn what you need to do, aren't difficult. 
what makes them difficult is you don't know what you can do and not do to solve those puzzles. It's like the equivalent of me having you solve an algebra problem, but I haven't taught you how to do the basic algebra equation yet. Hmm. So you're like, you're a little confused. I'm like, oh, I can do that? Really? So like I, I had gone to the an internet to get like a walkthrough on a couple of places, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that you could do that mechanic. That was never presented to me. That so sucks. it's kind of more like leaving you out in the open of like, oh, which I don't like. I like a puzzle game like, okay, you can do this, this, and this, and it gets harder and difficulty in the strategy. Not, It's just going to be harder because we're not going to tell you what to do. That's kind of a cheap way of doing it. Yeah. But nonetheless, the, the ending is actually really good. It's what made the game for me, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I've already heard the ending, but I don't want to post. I don't want to say any spoilers on the show. Well, we could spoil it. I mean, it's been out for over a year, and we just say spoiler, fast forward the next minute or two. <laughs> True. I don't know anybody else on the show ever going to play it. No. Not done. Go no. for it. <laughs> spoiler alert! Damn it. All right. So spoiler alert. Fast forward a couple minutes. If you, but uh. <laughs> so you spend this entire game looking for a princess, and he obviously it takes the classic Mario line. It's like, I'm sorry, but your princess is in another castle. And you continue to go through these levels collecting these puzzle pieces. And the main reason you can't die in this game is because this guy has this ability to go back in time to fix all of his mistakes. Because when you make a mistake in the game, potentially you die, therefore you can go back and change it. So then you get to the end of the level, and a big knight comes down, and you see the princess, and she's like, help, help, I need help. And it's this really cool, uh, unique moment that you're playing through the game. There's this wall of fire coming after you, both of you. And she's opening up um, doors and passages for you to get through. And you're doing the same for her. And you're kind of working together to get to the end. You finally get to the safe area and you see her up on her balcony. So you climb up there and you get into her balcony and you walk into a room. And all of a sudden, like the screen goes a little dark and like you can't move left or right and she's asleep like nothing's happening you can't do anything so the only thing you can do is to rewind time so you hit the rewind time button and you do that and all of a sudden you realize you can't move at all the only thing you can do is rewind time so you actually rewind that whole level when you rewind that whole level you watch what happens and it actually shows you that she was the person that you were running from the entire time and that you were really just stalking her and that you really can't fix mistakes is the whole theme of the game. And that the night in the beginning, when you first got there, whisked her away and saved her from you. And opening and closing the door, she was actually opening and closing doors on you to make sure she couldn't get to you. You couldn't get to her. Wow. So it was actually, you're playing it and you're like, oh my god. So it was very good. Maybe I'll play it when it hits PC or when it takes a significant price drop. Well, they had a price drop two weeks ago by like five bucks. Yeah, but that's the problem. I'm very picky about how much I'll pay for downloadable content. So, uh, it's... you know, for me, it all depends. Like, I, well, actually, I do, but I originally bought the holiday pack off of Steam where the orange box came out so I could get Half Life and Counter Strike and all that. It was like $30. I didn't have packaging, but that's all technically downloads. Yeah, but see, I don't mind that because they're packed now, even at $100. You get 22 games for 100 bucks. Oh, just... yeah. Yeah, and you get, like, uh, Half-Life 2 is one of the greatest shooters of all time. So, 
No comment. Uh, it is. I agree with you on that no one. No comment. Yeah, you, Nitro, you sure you should be hosting a video game podcast? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I, just because I don't like games like Half-Life 2? It's an awesome shooter. How do you not like that game? It is not an awesome shooter. An awesome shooter is like Call of Duty 4. Oh, good. Don't even give me that bullshit. The controls in Half-Life on the PC for Half-Life 2 are so much cleaner and so much tighter than Call of Duty 4. And Call of Duty 4 on the console multiplayer is the most overrated experience I've ever played. It's nothing but Twitch gameplay. It's so ridiculous. Dude, it's fucking awesome on the, on the console. I just wish you could turn off Juggernaut. And the single, yeah, that's the other thing. The stupid perk, the fact that I have to go so many rounds uh, or so many times and kill someone before I can call in an airstrike, I can't just go to the car like a normal army person would and call in an airstrike. It's completely broken game mechanic. So the do you... And the perks I do not like. Well, so do you like it, Killzone 2 and its badge system? It's the same thing except worse. I don't, I don't like Killzone 2. Multi- I don't... Their badge system is worse than anything Call of Duty's ever done. I think kills. I talked about. It, I think Killzone Two was a very overrated game. The first one was a mediocre shooter, and this is a mediocre at best. The In my th- opinion, the first game was a subpar shooter. It wasn't even mediocre. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. <laughs> Why this one got so much hype? I don't know. The graphics look, but there's crappy animations. You're a midget through the whole game. <laughs> yeah, you're a midget while everybody else is normal height. It's like what the you're hell? Normal, but you're normal height in the cutscenes in Killzone Two. Yeah, you're normal height. It's like you're seeing out of your stomach. But while I don't like Call of Duty Four multiplayer, I do enjoy the single player. It was very good, the single player campaign, but it does not have the story element that Half Life Two has. Oh, I'm not taking anything away from the story element of Half Life Two. I just did not like the gameplay mechanics myself. How do you? It's a shooter with some of the best controls. How do you not like that? I didn't enjoy it. You are so the minority that you're. I can definitely see you're wrong in this case. I have no problem being a minority like that. I mean, not everybody's going to like every game. I know, but you got to have like in a game that's as amazing as Half Life Two. I get crap all the time because I don't like Half Life Two. I don't like Fallout Three. I don't like Bioshock. I can get. Well, what Bioshock? Nope. You, my friend, are just a shill. Dude, Bioshock, now that is an overrated gameplay. How is that? Do you even know the ending of what that game is? Nope. The story is so great in how that story is told to me. The problem yeah, is, story not... and atmosphere is great, but if you don't give me a gameplay elements I can deal with, I don't want to keep playing. What, what gameplay elements can't you deal with? You shoot a gun, you jab stuff in your arm, and you're shooting all these different things out. Didn't, didn't you're setting up traps to get the big daddies. How, how can you not deal with that gameplay? Did not did not suit me. Do you smoke crack? <laughs> you see what we have Dude. to work with? I no, can... like I love I love certain <laughs> shooters. You like literally like let me guess. Do you like Call of Duty World at War? No, I can't stand that game. What what, what okay? So I want the top your list of top five games of all time. Top five games or top? Oh five God, games? you know there's going to be a couple of hentai's in there. It's top five games of all. Like if you were going to a deserted island, could only take. Five of the bet that you think are the best games ever. What five would those be? Uh, Suikoden Two. Um, What's that one about? I haven't played that one. It's a PS One RPG. It's probably the best Japanese RPG to ever hit the states. Okay. Um, I know Mass Effect is probably another one. Mass I don't Effect. Know. Mass Effect is great. I'll, I can play through that game over and over again. I'll give you Mass Effect. Um, gotta go with another RPG. Uh, Persona 4 because it's got 100 plus hours of gameplay. 
That is that the one where they shoot themselves in the head? No, it's yeah. Persona Three. Oh, I haven't played Persona yet, so. But yeah, Persona Three is the same way. And if you get the one with the FES pack, it's like 120 plus hours of gameplay. Um, so truthfully, you could take either two of those. Um, I gotta take Saints Row Two. I love that game. Just the how fun it is. It's just because just because of how fun it is. It's not. It doesn't try to be anything except a fun game. But that that's the problem. We're in like the games are in. Well, I'll I'll go on my rant. Continue continue your list. Um, and one more. Um, <laughs> this might shock some people, but I gotta go with uh, Toe Jam and Earl, the original. That's a good uh, one. Jim, I'll give you those. I'll give you that. The RPGs, I'm not too up on. I can understand why you don't like, but uh, Saints Row Two. Seriously, <laughs> I love it. Games are in like this weird, weird state right now, where we got some really, really good like titles that you can consider art, and then you got all this crap out there that really brings down. But games. This thing you just said. It's games. Not every game has to be art. GTA 4 was a great story, great graphics, but it was boring as shit. Saints Row 2, you just pick it up and you can go play. It's fun. It makes fun of itself. It makes fun of stereotypes. It makes fun of everything. Bioshock, great gameplay, great story, great atmosphere. I I love the atmosphere. I love the audio. I love the story. I did not like the gameplay. It was not my style. might have just been a little too slow for me, which is why I don't like Half-Life that much. Slow. Another reason why I didn't like Deus Ex. It's just kind of a slower paced game. Uh, how is it? How is it slow? I mean, the whole there's a whole level in Half Life Two where you're up on the rooftops and you have like those zom- those zombie aliens. I'm sure, I haven't made it that far. You're like shotgun and <laughs> left and right. I'm sure I just haven't made it that far. Because just... Half Life Half Life starts off, you know, a little slow and it builds up the action as it goes. Because it wants you to get to a certain level so you can handle that action. It's not going to just throw you in it and then you're not going to be able to do. If you take someone and you throw them in like the last couple levels of Half-Life 2 compared to the first few levels, there's no way you're going to make it out. Half-Life 2 is a game you got to play full because the action gets so va- ramped up at the end. It's unbelievable. And yet the story is compelling. But you got to keep my attention. And it didn't. I, I mean, coming from me, a kid who has ADHD kept my attention. I don't know why I won't keep yours. Just didn't. I mean, it just didn't keep my attention. I mean, I don't know what it is. I just could never get into the Half-Life series. Oh my god. I love now, don't get me wrong, I love Portal. I thought that was an amazing game with the engine. If you guys want to talk about real games, you got to come over to GameTopius.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to get G Nitro off the show there because. Uh, <laughs> Why you want everybody to think the same? Then that's just gonna be a boring podcast. So much of me has. Di- well, we don't think the same. So much of me has died on this episode right here. <laughs> dude, I, dude, there's plenty of games that I love that other people love, but there's some games I'm just kind of like I don't see the hype. Uh, like, Rich is gonna get off the podcast. Wow, I couldn't. I played WoW up until level 26, I, I and I said, I can't play this shit anymore. Because WoW opens up, you got to give it a chance. Yeah, I'm telling you, there are parts in WoW that I resent playing. I'm like, oh my, yeah, there are problems. I know WoW is like, yeah, 
it takes too long to get to the end game content and there's too much grinding and this and that. And if they change that, it make it a lot better. But some of the stuff, especially at the later levels and the whole community thing. And when you're playing with people to complete the higher level dungeons, it's a great time. It's well worth the, uh, what you're saying is part of my point. Um, where you say you have to wait for the later level. Same like you said with Half-Life 2. I have so many games I try to play and I try to experience. And I'm a big RPG fan, like a Japanese RPG fan. Which those games take from 30 to 50 to 100 hours depending on the game. And those right. are the games I like to put time into. But even with those, if it doesn't catch me within the first, I don't know, three to five hours... I'll move on, and that was my problem with some of these other games. If it doesn't catch me, you may get better in the end, but there's five so hours, much... Five hours, they're almost done. It's an eight-hour game. I'm just saying three to five hours. I played Bioshock up until a certain point, and I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, but to me, I have so much on my plate. It's either keep me going, or I'm just going to move on. And it's nothing against the games per se it's just i have so much i'm trying to experience that i'd rather get a taste of something and be like okay i'll come back to this at some point or i won't where's the fire what's the rush there's so many games out there you should my backlog is at least 100 games deep yeah so you i mean and new games keep coming out yeah but you can have time to you don't have to get them done right away yeah my backlog's deep though i've put three games away this weekend. But this is why some games like uh, Saints Row 2 or even 50 Cent Blood on the Sand, while they're not great games art-wise or story-wise, there's something I could just pick up, play through quickly, be done, and I had a great time with. Now, I would tell everybody right now, 50 Cent is not a $60 game by any means. 30 to 40 tops. I mean, I think it's one of the things that companies need to figure out where their price prices stand on some of these titles but it to me if you can make a game fun enough that i can just play through get done in a day or two boom bioshock i just couldn't do i mean don't get me wrong i enjoy playing games that are just fun and have it you can have a good time playing like wii sports you know not the most in-depth game in the world but it's fun to play every now and then to just pick up and go play see i only find that game fun when friends are over that, that that's true too for, for the most part but the don't you get tired of that sometimes? Don't you want something more? Yeah, I mean, and I give those games a chance. But it seems like the RPGs are better suited for me when it comes down to games with story and art. Like, Tales of Vesperia is a gorgeous game. Tales of Vesperia has a great story. It looks like you're playing an anime throughout the game. And I loved it. It had the graphics. The voice acting was better than most. Hell, the voice acting in Tales of Vesperia is better than any Square Enix game by far with voice acting. Um, and I'm not a fan of English voice actors, but when you can get me to deal with it and it's not bothering me anymore, you're doing a good job. Um, but it's stuff like that. You, There's some things I'm into and there's some things I'm not. I'm not hating on Bioshock. I joke with people and say it sucks just to get a reaction. I truly don't think the game sucks. It's not my style of game that just, I really want to play. Gamer, you need to finish Bioshock. Maybe if it, if it ever hits $5 again on Steam, I'll pick it up. Because the, the ending is more than worth the payoff. If you save the Little Sisters. Maybe my problem is I went into the game trying to get that beat the game on hard achievement right off the bat. And I just got frustrated with it and gave up. Yeah, see, 
screw achievements. They're overrated, and they're probably not even going to carry over to the next console. They better. They're not. because <laughs> That would be too intimidating for someone coming in. Say someone who's new to the game market, oh, I want to get Xbox. Well, everyone has 15,000 gamers for compete with that. They're I gonna think they're going to have to for the people that have racked up 100,000. I, I think achievements are overrated. And you Agreed. shouldn't play a game based on achievements. I, I think you should go play Bioshock. Put it on easy. You know? Which is what I usually play games on anyway, because I try to enjoy the story more than anything. I'm telling you, the story alone is more than worth it. And, and get the audio diaries as you go along, because that as like you get learned no, so much. I always grab the audio diaries. In fact, I like the audio audio diaries so much. I had a fact open to tell me where each one was, just so I could pick them up. I enjoyed listening to stuff like that. I like when games add in stuff like that, like pick up this and it'll tell you more of the story. That's one of the things I like about RPGs because a lot of RPGs throw stuff in like that. I, I'm telling you, just play it through on easy because the the ending. If you save the little sisters, the ending of how. Everything goes down and how it all happens is well worth the time put into that game. And you'll and, and it's kind of hard to understand why people love that game so much if you don't get the full experience. Kind of like trying to understand why so many people love Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back if you've only seen half the movie. Well, here, I will add it to my Guzex request now. I will play it just for you if you will stop saying I'm not a fucking gamer. <laughs> because I didn't like Bioshock. I just said you weren't a true gamer. I am a true gamer. I've been gaming since I've been freaking three years old when I had a freaking. Oh, you are uh... so. Man, you're 1337. Dude. <laughs> no, I'm not freaking lead. I don't want I'm not Ooh. one of those kids, but I've been gaming since I was three. I mean, I had a freaking Magnavox Odyssey 2 that I still own. I still own well, my Master System. I own all those systems. <laughs> I have two Game Gears. Why? I don't know. They're both fucking broken. <laughs> that was uh, a terrible system. I always wanted a Game Gear. I liked it because yeah. Columns was on it, and I could take Columns with me to play on the it road. Was color, though. It was like the first system was color. I don't know how it couldn't trump the Game Boy. Right. I'm requesting... Well, because, well, because the battery life on those things were just awful. You put a fresh new one, it's already dead within, like, what, Shit. an hour and a half? I am 81st in line for Bioshock on Guzex. What the fuck? They're Software better be. library is the reason why it couldn't beat Game Boy. Are you? Yeah, that's probably why. Holy but... shit! There's 177 copies ready for trade on Guzek. So you on Guzek? Is it just trading games right now? They did do a recent. Um... They're making money. Are they taking points off the trade? Are they charging you a fee to trade? They charge a dollar every time you receive a game, not when you send one out. Whoever receives the game pays just a trade credit, which is a dollar each. So like. Um... If I wanted to trade something for Metal Gear, would that person have to approve the trade? Um, well, they request the game, and the system automatically matches you up. Um, what happens is, it's a point system. You put up a game, somebody requests it, you get those points. Like, let's say I put up Fear 2 today, because I have so many games, I like, I'll pick that back up when it's... It was a good game, but I'll pick it back up when it's a cheaper price. Um, I put it up, I get 1,000 points from whoever requests it. I have those thousand points. I send them the game. They leave positive, or something happened, which I've only had one negative feedback out of 850 plus trades. Um, Why? Because it was a hentai game? No, because the guy <laughs> claimed it was a scratched-up disc, but then somehow a month or two later traded that game back out to piss me off. Um, but I didn't feel like arguing it. 
I have so many trades, it's not like it affects my feedback score. Um, but And then when I won a game, I take those points and one trade credit, and when somebody puts that game up, because you're in a queue, first come, first serve, so as you get to the front of the line, you hit the front of the line, that person puts up their game and they're at the front of the line, boom, it matches you. Now, you can't cancel that trade. You can request a cancellation, but the other person has to accept. But if you're the seller, you can cancel at any time. And they did that because people have had problems where they accept to send a game and something happens, family emergency, they have to leave. Um, but basically, you get matched up, they send that game to you, you leave feedback. Um, it's kind of worked the same way, almost the same way as PlaySwitch.com. Yeah, um, and Guzex has asked their members if they would be interested in a DVD or Blu-ray section. Um, I was kind of against the DVD personally. Um at this point, they're really not worth as much. I think Blu-ray would be a great thing because of the PS3. Um, so I'm pushing for the Blu-ray. And now they're going to have self-mailers or something, so you don't need to go to the post office, right? Yeah, and they're a little more expensive. But for those who don't use PayPal or don't like driving to the post office, I mean, I guess it's worth the money saving. I use PayPal, so I save about a dollar, a little more than a dollar against their mailers. But I'm going to have to check it out. I don't have to buy some crappy games I don't want and trade them. Yeah, well, what I do is I watch the... People wonder how I got such a point bank um, because I've got about 15, almost $1,500 worth of points. Um, what I do is when Amazon has deals of the day and stuff like that, I find games that are like $10 there, but they're still trading with enough active requests at like 40 to $50. Um... So I'm making like a $30, $40 profit in points when I send those games off. So, Can you edit this section of the show out just so you don't give away the secret? <laughs> Everybody does it. It's not a secret anymore. I'm going to start doing that, damn. I, I do it because people try to say that it only benefits me. I disagree because if somebody wants the game, I'm benefiting them by giving them the game they wanted. So. Mm, because if they didn't want the game at that price point they'd put it on hold or take it out of the request I've had somebody sit there I'll get the game like it just happened with Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts I got it for 20 it was still trading for over $40 on the site I picked it up and I said boom I got matched up with somebody the guy goes hey I see the Amazon deal today I'd like to cancel you know the reason I canceled it for him and I got matched up with somebody else now can you get old school games like SNES stuff uh no it's um PS1 and later. Um, no Saturn, unfortunately. We're still trying to get them to add that, but the problem is they use Muse as their database, and they can only do as far as Muse allows them for the MSRP and such. The reason why they don't want to get into cartridge-based games, a lot of them use a battery, and when that battery dies, it's just going to cause too many headaches for the site to deal with. So. Well, the battery's easy to... Yeah, but not a lot of people are going to do that. Somebody's going to get in a game, it doesn't work, they're going to leave a negative. So Guzex doesn't want to deal with that. Um, they'd rather stick with CD-based platforms. Actually, the only thing that's cartridge at this point is DS, but that's really flashcards now, so it's not really as bad. GBA is probably the one thing, but I'm sure they'll get rid of that at some point. See, the reason why I want to get into Guzex is because it annoys me, even though GameStop had to buy two, get one free this weekend. Mm-hmm. It annoys me is because they put the stickers. Not that they put the used stickers on the game itself, is they put the used sticker on the inside flap on the cover I hate art. Hate that shit when they do that. 
So when you try to peel the thing off, it, most of the time you can't get it off good, and it ends up ruining, and then it looks bad. And I like I sent a couple emails to GameStop corporate, and they're like, well, we need to do this. I'm like, well, if you stick it on the outside, you wouldn't have this problem. And I almost thought about writing an article and comparing it to how Hitler made all the Jews wear the Star David and it's their flair and how GameStop wants to fly all their games and use games. But that's not maybe that a little over the top. Wow. No, Rich hates the Jews. For those who don't know, Cheap Ass Gamer just finished their Cheapy Awards. And Guzek, I mean, well, Guzek's won for the second year in a row for the best online trading site by like 83% of the vote. Everything on Guzek's come like the cover art, the manual, and the disc. Um, you get, you can um choose. It has disc only, disc and manual, or full package. Because I, I have a game I I have called Call of Cthulhu. Um, because I, I want to play it with the Rebel FM, but I'm a little behind on that. Thing is, is I want the whole. I, I want to have a nice collection, because so, so I want to get like pristine package in full. So that was a big thing. That's the thing. A lot of times, um, you won't get pristine quality. You'll have scratches. You know, I just want it to look nice and not have, uh, you know, flare. Well, sometimes I... you get GameStop copies of games, but I'll tell you from my experience, eighty percent of the games, eighty-five percent of the games I get are in very good condition. So, I don't complain. Um, the most problems happen when you try to get a limited edition. Somebody will forget to include something that's supposed to be in there. Now, Guzex has finally come out and stated that uh, DLC that comes with games, like DLC download codes, are no longer required because it was causing too much of a problem. Well, yeah, because if you get like the Gears of War Collector's Edition... Yeah. Basically, somebody's already used the code, and you can't give it back. So people were leaving, like, neutrals because they said, well, it doesn't include the code. So Guzek finally said, it's a one-time code. Sorry, this is a used game trading site. Yeah. So they said no longer. Now, a thousand points, how, how many dollars does that equal in real life? Uh, Fifty. Every Okay, not everybody goes by this, but because you can buy points, every hundred points is about $5 on the site. All right. That's the value I use. So every time I look at a game, like I got Fear 2 in at 1,000 points, but I have enough to bank up, and I send it back out after playing three of the levels. I put it as, okay, I'll pick this back up around 500 points, which is about 25 bucks. That's how I look at it because it, I'm still a cheap-ass gamer when it comes down to it. Um, that's probably why I have so many points is because I get a game in, play it for a bit, and I go, okay, what would I – how would I – keep this game what would the point price be and that's how i go off of it so the mad world that's 850 points it's a 50 dollar game it should be a thousand um it's sitting at around 40 right now um how they look at it is it's goes off a pretty much a used price not the new price so a 60 dollar game will be at a thousand which is 50 dollars um a thousand dollars is their point cap unfortunately a lot of people, including myself, would like to see it go higher for some games. I don't think newer games like that are $60 should be higher than the 1,000 points. I think it should go for the rare titles or bundles, special editions. I think it should go higher, but it caused such an uproar last time when they raised the the point cap that they immediately took it away. Um, basically, 
for me, there's games like Suikoden 2, like I said, on the PS1, that retails full package over $100 on like Amazon and eBay. Yep. So people were saying this should be at least 2,000 points um, to get more trades going. But they say, you know what, if people trade it, they trade it. And it's been traded, so it, the site works. It, it's one of those things, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So they've just been making improvements here and there. Wow, I think if I bought more copies of Uncharted, I actually would make a profit. It's 950 points. That means it makes it $45, and I think it's... But you got to look at um, how many active requests are ready and how many people are offering the game up. You have to make sure to watch that before you flip a game. If it has a bunch of people requesting it but no available copies to send out, I'll get the game and I'll flip it on there. Now, if it's the other way around and there's like 20 copies ready to be sent out, but no requests, I'll stay away because that means the game's going to start dropping in price. Now, does the Guzak drop the price or does the community drop the price? Um, it goes by supply and demand. The Muse database um, raises and lowers the uh, MSRP, so that'll change it. But they don't do like a huge 200 price point uh, drop or increase. It goes by 50 point increments every week. Now, do you collect a paycheck from X? No. Just wondering. I just get a lot of games from there. You know the owner? <laughs> I've sent out over 400. I've gotten almost 450 in. That's disgusting. <laughs> so... This advertisement was brought to you by Guzex. <laughs> um, I do want to say, uh, for those out there, um, iWeaponX, who is a Pwn member as well, is starting up the Guzex podcast soon. Uh, f- f- uh, member-run podcast. So, um, you know, just start one up for PlaySwitch, and it never went anywhere. <laughs> we were going to review old games that you could get on PlaySwitch.com. No, it never worked. They liked it. I don't know why I haven't got on it. I'm so slack. Well, let's move back to the games. Um, <laughs> we had a huge um, off-topic there. Um, now, both R- Rich and Quiglin have both played Mad World. Uh, let's hear your guys' thoughts. Quiglin, you want to go first? Yeah, since I only played the first, like the first level. Um, for those who aren't in the know, uh, basically it's kind of a, a Frank Miller style where everything's black and white except for the blood. Um, it's kind of cartoonish, so the sort of the violence kind of looks toned down, but it is a blast. I mean, my favorite, like right away they like to, to tell you right, okay, okay, use this to pin, like use this tire to pin the guy, then shove this, shove this sign through his face, and then smash into a wall of spikes, and you're like, all right, and then you just go ahead and do it, and uh, it's a, and it's just a blast. I I I uh, I know I'm I know Rich is towards the end, but I'm definitely looking forward to picking it up and and continue playing it. I, if you are the type of person that wants that is looking for a hardcore game or or complains um, about not having a hardcore game on the Wii, you need to go out and buy this today. That's that's about the best that, that's the best thing I can say about it right now is you just need to go out and play this game. <laughs> um, I think it's extremely overrated for its fifty dollars price point. I think it gets too repetitive after you get about four or five hours in because it's, it's just a brawler. A, <laughs> just doing the same thing. But it's not a. F- 
I, I found I like I love Streets of Rage too. I don't find it as fun as Mad World. Um, uh, and, and I have some issues with the camera. I found the find the camera to be a little annoying. And, and uh, near the end levels, they just you right into like pretty much up until like the last two stages or the last couple of levels. The the guys you're fighting are actually fairly easy to do stuff to. It's really not an issue. But then, like, the last two stages, all of a sudden, it gets unbelievably ramped up, and you don't feel like you're prepared, and it's a little bit of a problem. But you, you go through the level a couple times, and eventually, uh, it works out. Um, though I, I find the game, the game is fun. I am finding it fun. I just don't think, I think $50 is a little much to be asking for something that takes six to seven hours to play. Oh, uh, see, I got a $40 off of Amazon, so... Yeah, well, I did a couple trade-ins at GameStop to get it down to forty. Um, I definitely think that this game would have been de- better at a thirty-dollar price point for the Wii. Um, I think the controls for the Wii. I was surprised at how tight they actually are and actually how good they are. I didn't feel like it was like clunky, like a red <laughs> type of deal. Um, I found the announcers to be, while at some points do get repetitive, uh, they're hysterical. Hysterical, yeah, exactly. Uh, so like some people don't know, uh, so it's like, like, uh, you were saying it's in the Frank Miller Sin City style, but it's also like taking the story of Death Wraith 2000 and Running Man and mixing Running it. Running Man. Yeah. Uh, it, nice. It's it, definitely a game that I'm interested in checking out. Um, now it is all mostly black and white. How does the shadowing work? Does it work very well so you can tell the depth of the air of the I guess the surroundings and stuff, so it doesn't look like it's all just one. Yeah, I mean, have you have you watched Sin City? Mm, I have not. Uh, the other, I mean, the other movie you can compare it to would be Renaissance. Um, they they did it just like those movies. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so not everything's filled in. Sometimes it'll just be like lines. Um and. And it's not just, it's like black, white, and they use some, like, a, a off-white type of color in there for some stuff. Okay. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, I think, like, I think if they, I think they could have given me a little more direction. Like, there was one, like, point in the train sequence where I was stuck on the platform, and I was like, I don't know where to go now. And they weren't really obvious about directing me on how to keep continuing in the level and I knew there was a time limit and I didn't know where to go. Yeah. I mean you got and those some of the boss fights um well it took me a little while to figure out what you have to do in some of the boss fights to like how to not have a problem. But so here's the thing in some of the boss fights you have to duck if you just keep doing the backflip regardless of where you are doing the backflip you just keep doing the backflip you'll duck the stuff no matter what. Like, there's one where they're throwing barrels at me. I just kept doing the backflip, and the barrels were hitting my character, but since he was doing the backflip, it didn't matter. <laughs> so stuff like that. I mean, so there is some stuff like that. It is a Wii game, but the graphic style make it look great on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. But I will actually... Ha- I, I'll have a more formal written review, hopefully up by, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. Nice. Um... So, Quig, what about the Hawks demo? You said you played that. Yeah, I actually uh, went through it twice. Once 
with the uh, just the keyboard and once with a like a, a flight stick. And uh, you know, for being a Ubisoft Tom Clancy game, it's actually pretty. It's actually pretty good. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, really? But con- yeah, I I couldn't believe it myself. I was like, oh, this is gonna be crappy Tom Clancy garbage. But Did actually, I play this. Oh, go ahead. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. Go ahead. I got to play the demo at uh, New York Comic Con, and I thought it was. And we, so, like when you when we're going when you go to these events as presses, you'll ask people to give you demos before you get into the game, so you have so you know what the controls are, because usually they start you further in the game when you need to know the controls. Right. We got a demo from one of the frag girls who's now in that TV show, the uh, WCG Ultimate Gamer. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about that too. <laughs> Let me just say, it was the worst demo I ever received. The main thing that you could tell me about the game, it has 20 planes! What other game has 20 planes? I'm like, Microsoft Flight Simulator? And she goes, oh. I go, actually, I think it might be more than 20, especially with the World War II add-on packs. <laughs> I started playing it, and I was like, okay, it's a fighter. It's a, it's a you know, combat fighter. And then I, I didn't like that third-person view dogfight camera. Uh, it was one of those things that if you did the, I don't know if they let you do the like licensing, you know, like the training demo thing. No, and, it was game demo. Oh yeah, you really have to kind of go through that, especially if you're going to use the keyboard because it, it makes no sense at first. You're just like, I'm like, why am I like you're you're looking at your screen and your plane is in like the right ten percent, like in the left ten percent of the screen. You're like, I have all this sky over here. Why do I have to fly on this end of the screen? I, yeah, the the camera is kind of odd, but once you start getting used to it, it actually gets a little better. I mean, that said, it, it's no Tie Fighter. Like, I'm not going to buy this game. Uh, nice reference there, my friend. Nice reference. There you go. I like I like that. Yeah. Big fan. I <laughs> loved that game. I was yeah. Anyway, were you uh, Tie Fighter versus X Wing fan too? No, I never really got into that. I just kind of played Tie Fighter again. <laughs> Cool. All right. Um, as for me, uh, really haven't played anything new this week. Uh, play a little Rock Band two, a little Call of Duty four, some Halo three. Um, I guess just the staples. Uh, I got some new tracks for Rock Band two, um, that have came out over the past couple months, including some White Zombie songs, um, Miranda Lambert, some uh, Offspring. You more human than human. Okay, sure. I got all the stuff that, that came out, which was just two. I believe it was Black Sunshine and More Human Than Human. Um, more Human Than Human on the guitar, pretty boring. Uh, Black Sunshine, definitely a more fun track to play. The Miranda Lambert... Uh, is The song is actually a little tougher than most on the guitar. I only really play on medium. I get kind of frustrated and I'll get angry. If I go to hard, so but I just do it to enjoy the music, and I have a lot of fun with it. So, um, new tracks were good. I like the Offspring tracks that they chose. I also got Belly Feed the Tree because I used to be a fan of them back in the '90s. Um, so I just tried the new tracks there, and I also tried out finally uh, my Japanese coach on the DS. Um, it's basically a language tutor program, um, not a game at all, but. To pick up women, man, the things you do. No, I'm doing it more for my own, so I can um, hopefully one day get the TGS. I also have, uh, I'm working to try to get Rosetta Stone at some point. Um, But just checking this out, 
I uh, just played pretty much through, I guess, Lesson 3, because it has like this quiz at the beginning that tests your knowledge. Um, so it put me at Lesson 3, and it had me going through like the first 15 uh, numbers, 1 through 15. Um, I'll say it really works well with how they teach you how to pronounce it, but it's not till you get to like the mini-games that you try to get 10 out of 10 right that you really start memorizing what um, the words to the Japanese words are to the English words. So it works um, very well on the hearing, I believe, and speaking. Trying to read and write, I don't think this is really the best one for it. Maybe later on it'll have better lessons, but from what I played, um, it has it where you can practice the writing of the characters, but I wasn't too impressed because the DS stylus isn't exactly the best thing to write with. <laughs> and it never really came out the way I wanted it to. So, But it's a good program. I'm sure the other ones, uh, whether it's my Spanish coach, French coach, Chinese, are all the same. I uh, definitely recommend it for somebody who wants a refresher or for somebody taking a language course. It's probably a great thing to have. It's just a helpful study. Um, that's really about it. Um, I played this week. Hope to finally start Star Ocean 4 next week. I've been keep putting it off. Um, but I know, Church, you've been playing it. Um, you've gotten a little further. What are your thoughts so far? He's playing it Oh, now. it's my turn? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Um, so far, I'm liking it as as long as you don't mind the voice acting. Um, I Still hasn't I, grown on you? It's... It's really bad. I mean, it like I said last week, it makes some of the Saturday morning cartoons voice acting much better than this game. It, it's just really, really bad. I wish there was an option for like the Japanese dialogue, but there's not. I wish there was, but other than that, I mean, it's a good game so far. I'm actually sort of stuck in this one part. Um, and yeah, running out of um items and whatnot, so I have to go back to the town and grab some items and then go back to the area, but other than that, that and been playing WoW also, so that's all I've been doing and working, besides working on all that junk, so. Cool, cool. Um, well, I guess, uh, since we've gone on a tangents, um... What are you talking about? We've been nothing but on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I realized the, uh, bringing you on as a guest um, this is a mistake for my um, outline show. Listen, you're gonna I'm get to keep the, the structure here. You're gonna get the best reviews ever. <laughs> so you're gonna be like, can I have that guy come on and totally rip your outline to shreds? <laughs> so um, we'll go into the topic of the week discussion. As we said last week, uh, we are going to discuss uh, Nintendo and basically, can Nintendo stay on top? Will they remain at number one in the console? slash portable uh, race. Um, as everybody knows, the DS Lite and the Wii have constantly outsold every other system. Heck, the DS Lite outsells the console competition alone. Um, I think Nintendo outsells themselves every month. Yeah, probably. Um, so, I don't know who wants to start, but who wants to give their feedback on Nintendo, where they're at and where they think if they think they can keep this up. Well, in my opinion, I mean, right now, I think they're 
their sole sole purpose is like, hey, we're doing our own thing. You know, we're you know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's for the casual gamers, which the majority of it is. It is depending on the game that you're playing. But you know, for for me as a hardcore gamer, I want them to release more. I don't know. I I like to see another Mario title. I I haven't I haven't played played a Wii since you know. I guess the first year when they got it, uh, when they released it, I mean, uh, and I played Zelda, and then after that, I was after I was done with Zelda, I was like, "Yep, here you go, GameStop, you can take it all back now." But um, no, I, I want to see them to, I want them, I want them to see, not see, but uh, I want them to uh, release more titles for the hardcore hardcore fans out there. I mean, that, that's just my opinion. I mean, all this kiddie-ish type games is all fun and fun for a while but I want something more from that system but with the with the Wii uh, controller how it is right now I want to see them do more with it than what well, they have what they been doing now themselves on their first party titles have kept that hardcore Nintendo fan market satisfied I believe it's the third party market they don't besides um mad world or a game like no more heroes we haven't really been seeing any third parties really bringing out those hardcore titles. It's a bunch of shovelware. Um, they try to keep the casual gamer going. And this is with the Wii. In my opinion, the DS, on the other hand, is a great mix. You've got games for the hardcore gamer, more of the RPG market. Because one thing that I've noticed with the, with the DS and the PSP is that the RPGs on the go have been a huge hit. And the DS is showing that. Um, Final Fantasy remakes of old titles, you've got Chrono Trigger that came back out, even some new IPs like The World Ends With You that Squaresoft brought out, which was awesome, um, where you could actually control both the top and the bottom screen during fighting. Crazy to do, but once you get it down, it's a lot of fun. Um, But I think Nintendo, DS-wise, I don't think that bringing the DSi out right now was the smartest decision considering how much the DS Lite is still selling. I think it might backfire a little. Not a lot, but they still got the money-making machines in the Wii and DS that they could probably take that chance with the DSi. Um, I think the Wii, though, is where you're going to see faltering first. Um, I think the portable market's fine. A lot of people are on the go more now. But I think the Wii will take the hit first, in my opinion. Don't know when. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. But I'd say in a couple years, when they either try to bring out a second console or people are going to be like, okay, really, what's next? No, I agree with you with the um, the DS. I mean, I'm, I'm really debating whether or not to get a, a DSi right now from Japan because I wanted to play some of the uh, uh, some of the RPGs that I have over there and whatnot. But, you know, some of the remakes and all that stuff, I'm real. I really want to get it, but again, <laughs> I'm having a hard time just to just to play Star Ocean at the current time. So you know, if I if I get a DS or a PSP just for the for the role playing games, I'm not going to have to because what I can't bring it to work because I don't have time. I don't I don't have enough time to. Oh, hey, I'm gonna bust it out and play a stage or two. Yeah, at least you can take it into your job. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. I think, uh, in a way, Nintendo has uh, kind of abandoned their core audience. Yes, they've put out Twilight Princess, which is a Zelda game, but remember that was developed for the GameCube, and they just ported it over to the Wii. Yeah, they had Smash Brothers, they had Mario Galaxy, 
Um, other than that, what other titles? Of, you know, they had the they had Mario Kart, which is you know the staples of that console. But if you just you know the perfect example is look at the past E3 press conference where they talked about nothing that the core fans have supported them through all of their down stages that they would want to see. It's not you know it was Wii music and all this other shovelware that none of us wanted to see. Yeah, like uh, gingerbread man. Yeah, yeah, it's great for if you got a family and a kid. So yeah, you're gonna get them. A little kid is gonna love Wii music. But not for someone like me who wants to see stuff on a new Zelda, a new Mario, or something. And to me, I feel a little slighted to tell you the truth because that is the casual gamer's um, console. It's also the little kid's console. Yeah, well, my thing is I do agree that they're banning the core audience, but the really hardcore Nintendo fanboys and fangirls are not gonna do, aren't, aren't going to drop them regardless of what happens. Well, here's the thing. I love Zelda. I will continue to play and get Nintendo consoles just so I can play Zelda in a Mario game. Yeah, the problem is is what they're going to bring out next for the next Zelda will probably be on the Wii Phantom Hourglass 2. And it will be... I mean, I liked Phantom Hourglass. I thought it was it was fun, but there wasn't much to it. It was very predictable, and I just... I, you know, I, I did never feel like I was ever in danger... Yeah, I'm just saying that now, but I definitely agree with what you're saying on that. Yeah. And, but I, and, I did find some of the aspects to be unique that you could do on the DS, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, I, you know, and especially the, you know, the, um, the graphic style of, you know, that Wind Waker style works so well on the DS. It, it looks so good. Right. You know. Um, but but going back to like the whole Wii thing, I think they were like, well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna tell them we're gonna bring out, you know, these certain games. And basically, all they're doing is they're going back to the vault. There's no new IPs. They're just like, okay, we're gonna release this, then this, then this, then this. And then we'll start over again, and we'll just keep going on that. Well, and that's that what we'll they just keep... did with two games. They just released Mario Tennis and Pikmin with Wii controls, and now selling it for thirty dollars a pop. Right. Because exactly. they know people are gonna buy it. Well, that oh, yeah. the GameCube did not sell as well as they wanted to. They want, I guess they want to see some of the profits from those games. I think um, GameCube fell into the trap of Nintendo trying to be like everyone else. Um, I actually heard this on another podcast earlier today, where Nintendo fell into the trap of trying to be like everyone else when they basically started as their own style of gaming. Um, and I think the Wii has brought them back to that in a sense. Uh, not totally, um, as they have abandoned their heart, their core audience of gamers, the, the hardcore crowd, but um, they definitely have said, look, we're going back to the way we're finding our niche in this market, and they have to a point. So I think they're taking it a little far at this point. <laughs> Here's the thing with the Wii, though. Uh, I think a lot of the sales are, are, are for little kids, and toddlers, uh, even though they say, oh, it's a casual gamer's machine and they're selling so much. But I, I have a 10-year-old sister, and I, they got her, my parents got her a Wii, and they get her the games for Christmas, and all her, her friends have Wiis. And they're not to the point where, you know, you're not going to get a 10-year-old on Xbox 360 yeah. because the kind of games that you can get a 10-year-old on that game are, you know, Viva Pinata 1 and 2 and a few others. 
there's a better catalog for younger kids on the Wii. Yeah. Another think... thing is the Wii sells a lot to people looking for that party system. Because if you look at the sales of games, besides Wii Sports that comes with it, the only other game that sells extremely well is Wii Play because it comes with a controller. So these people are looking for the games that they can have that are the older crowd are only buying it because they're having friends over. Well, yeah, let me tell you, if you're going to play games and you're going to have a party, put the Wii out. Yep. Exactly. Either because that, it, or you better have Rock Band or Guitar Hero or something like that. It's such a better experience when you have people to play the Wii, and yeah. that, that's what makes it unique. But I also think that why Nintendo is expanding the market to all these younger generations of kids, as they grow older, you're going to see a lot of them are going to want more out of their games. Whether or not they're going to stick with Nintendo is up for debate. Because remember, when I started gaming, I started playing at a friend's house, and I was playing on the Nintendo Entertainment System. I then went to the Sega, and then I went to the N64. So, you know, Nintendo got me into gaming. But now I want something more for my games, and now I play Xbox, PlayStation. I still stick to Nintendo, but... I agree. I... Super Nintendo is probably my favorite system Nintendo's ever put out. Because um, of the plethora of Japanese RPGs. That it actually was the one who... While I played some, like Fantasy Star on the Sega Master System, as a kid, it was very over my head. Um, and I never really picked it up after playing it the first time. It wasn't until Super Nintendo with games like Secret of Mana and such that really caught me and going, holy crap, these games are awesome and it got me into it. And unfortunately, besides the DS, I wish the Wii had more RPGs. The only one I own is Tales of Symphonia, the sequel. And I haven't even played the first one yet. <laughs> but it, just, it seems like they got away from what made their consoles... Um, big in the first place. And now they're like, okay, we found this new market to tap. We're getting huge. But where do they go from here? They want to talk about Wii HD, which is basically the second Wii console. How is that going to work? All these people are buying your console because it's a great party system. These casual gamers are not going to upgrade to the next system. No, they're well, not. He, he's, they, they're not going to upgrade. If you release a new console in the next year or two, they're not going to upgrade. I think even Sony and Microsoft have realized that, especially with this economy, considering we're seeing the greatest financial disaster since the Great Depression, that people you know, aren't going to want to go. And to tell you the truth, I don't feel like I need to upgrade right now. I, I don't even think we've touched, like, the, you know, we've only scratched the surface of what, you know, some of these consoles can do. Yeah. But how does yep. the Wii stay, this is the thing, how does the Wii stay in line with our competition? Once people start getting bored of the Wii, I mean, I know they got the new Wii Sports coming out this summer, which will sell well, but how are they going to keep their consoles selling? There's going to come a point where everybody now owns a Wii, and Nintendo's going to have to slow down manufacturing, and then they're not going to be selling any games. They're going to do exactly what they do with the DS. They're make add colors, they're going to make it slimmer. Sexier. They're gonna add some more peripherals. They need to add a goddamn hard drive. How can it be slimmer or sexier than it is right now? It just it looks like a, a DVD drive. <laughs> it looks like the the HD DVD drive that Microsoft had. Honestly. I have that, by the way. I like the oh, HD yeah. DVD. But um, I, I think in order for them to get people to buy a new console, one, it's gonna have to be at least another five six years away. Which uh, I don't think will, which I think will hurt them. I think they're going to be forced to release after Obama fixes everything because we're all drinking that Kool Aid. Yeah, let's not <laughs> go there. 
<laughs> we know my thoughts. Let's not touch that subject. Then I think you <laughs> have to make something as innovative as the Wii control because if you just come out with a here's another Nintendo console, by the way, here's just a controller, no movement, or it's just Wii controls again, because that's not what captured the market this time was that they're up and moving. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is when does that fad run out? Well, parents will it. I mean, will will people want that all that movement, or are people going to want it more like the way the PS3 has the six axis? Are they going to want a little less movement? I hate six axis. I'm I'm not saying that it's good. I'm saying are people going to want it toned down a little? I think that it, it has its place. I think like with games like Smash Brothers, I think it should be an option, like where. You can just use a controller if you want to. I think they should have made that for Twilight Princess on the Wii. But with that being said, I think the Wii is going to be the reason why I'm actually going to enjoy Resident Evil 4 this time around. Because I got sick of it on the oh. GameCube because I hated the controls. I couldn't walk and shoot oh. and just rush of people. It is so great. Uh, I loved it on the Wii. So I'm hoping to get... Because I bought the gun, the Nyko gun that you nice. put the thing in. So I want to get the Wii controls with the gun. I think I'll enjoy the game a lot better, even though you can't walk and shoot like in Dead Space. So I think yeah. it does have its place. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that some companies need to realize, touching on what your point, um, not every game needs motion controls on the Wii. Um, I think they need to realize that some games, hey, say, you can play this like a normal damn controller. We will not add motion controls. Some games need to get the hell away from that shit. Just make it an option. Well, no. Some games just shouldn't have it. Some games don't need it. Like Tales of Symphonia, I don't know how it plays yet, but that's it's a JRPG, a hardcore-style JRPG. That should be a classic controller only. You don't need anything special or fancy. Some games just don't need it. Just make it a regular controller. So i got to say, the other thing that I like... Um, is how you don't have to buy peripherals to do gun shooting games, even though I did because I like I feel badass with this gun. Well, uh, no, I agree. I th- I've talked to a lot of people and said the peripherals definitely feel better, but it is nice that you don't have to go buy them if you don't want to. Yeah, yeah, because you can go get... I want to play House of the Dead Overkill because I played that demo. Oh, I hear that is awesome. But I hear it's not worth the purchase. No, it's going to be a rent. Yeah, because I hear it's like two and a half hours long tops. Oh, yeah. And if you go back through on hard, it's another two and a half hours. So, well, but so they need... say it's definitely a co-op game. You want to play with somebody else there. I need to make friends in my local area and not over the internet. Yeah, I agree. That conversation my mom was calling. How's the site going and everything? She goes, "Do you have any friends?" And I was like, "In real life?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my you mean God. that I don't talk to with the keyboard? <laughs> Do you mean the majority of my social skills are based off of Skype? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think uh, I think another thing you're going to see is you're going to see third-party support going to go way down as far as these hardcore games. I think you know Sega's make Se- Sega's making their push now. Further? Well, Sega's making the push now. They they put out House of the Dead Overkill, they put out Mad World, and they're going to have the Conduit later on in the year. And you know, in the Mad World book, there's an advertisement for the Conduit, and the back page of the instruction booklet is for House of the Dead Overkill. When these three games don't sell, and everyone's going to look at that, and they're going to be like, yep, it's only shovelware from now on. Yep. And I think when No More Heroes 2 drops, it doesn't sell that well also. I didn't like the first one. I haven't played it yet. I really want to. The yeah. style is definitely my style of look. 
I felt it could have been a lot better graphic-wise. I thought it looked like crap. Because you can make a good-looking Wii game. Oh, yeah. But, they, I mean, Twilight Princess looks really awesome. Yeah, it's not, like, as awesome as, like, Resident Evil 5 graphics or something. But it's still... Yeah. I think another thing, I've had this argument on some sites, is um, the Wii's lack of allowing things to be region-free. Um, I think one of the big things with the DS is the fact that import games can be played on it. Um, I don't buy the argument that it leads to more hacking and piracy. Region Free does not do anything with that. It's other hacks that do that. Um, See, that's why I think the Xbox has a, uh, an, uh, a happy medium in between where they let the developers side. Yeah, and no, I agree, but the Wii has flat out said no Region Free the DSi, I can kind of understand where they're like, well, the virtual console, we're kind of worried because of virtual console and WiiWare. We don't want people to access the other ones, but you don't have to let them do that. Region Free can just let actual disc-based games play. It's crap that I have to go and hack my Wii to play legit copies of titles I have. So Just a Japanese Wii. But that's the thing. I want to play some of the U.S. titles as well. So get, either way, I'm hacking either one I buy. Well, couldn't you, you get two? I don't want two Wii's. I already got two 360's, which I don't even need to. Um, How do you have 360's? And one to me. Because I got a deal on the Elite where it was like $100 off back in August last year. Um, yeah, give it to Quiglin. <laughs> Why does Quiglin need a 360? He needs uh, something. I don't have a 360 or a PS3. Yeah. Oh. How did you get on a gaming podcast? He's a PC gamer. Have you played Crisis? No, I, I my card. I need up. That's the one thing I need to upgrade is my graphics card. Crisis, man, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, but you know, they talk. People talk about how good Killzone Two looks. I'm like, look at Crisis. Out of the water. Anyways, sorry, Nitro. Like I was saying with the region free, the one thing I love about the DS is I can buy any game from any region, throw it in, and just play it. It doesn't. I don't have to do anything special. I don't have to hack anything. It just plays. It would be nice if the Wii had that. I love the fact that the PS3 has that because I actually bought, like, with the PS3, I bought Siren, the Japanese copy, because all the cutscenes and all are in English. All I have to do is learn the um, button layout and menu. The actual story and all is voiced in English, so instead of paying $45 for the download, I got $30. I got that, and I wish the Wii would allow that too. Let me just put the disc in and play it regardless of where it's from. It doesn't make a difference. Any argument of piracy is bullshit, and it's just them being lazy more than anything. I think region locking actually encourages piracy. Exactly. It encouraged me to hack my Wii. I wouldn't have done it otherwise. I don't need to pirate games... I'm not one. Um, When I first hacked my PSP, the only games, even with the DS and I have the R4 card, I'm being honest here, um, only thing I use those things for is to try out an import game to see if it's worth the money to import it. Because import games are expensive as shit. You pay $60 to $80 for a game. I want to know that it's worth that money. And I've bought plenty of titles. Um... I own special editions of a lot of the import games, which have run me up to $125 easily. Um, i got to say, I hacked my Xbox, my original Xbox, two years ago. Why the 360 was out. Just so I could see how it all worked. But um, 
I don't download a pirate games because I want to support the industry. Yeah. Right. I agree. I mean, plus I like having the copies on hand because I, like I said before, I have bookshelves where I keep all my titles up and I like being able to say, Hey, I actually own these. And it, it's to me, I guess it would say, I'm proud to say I own them. I'm proud to say that I'm not a pirate and I'm not stealing from the industry. That's a big thing for me. I don't like it because this is why we have so many developers saying we're not making the money. Our studio's going under. And it's happened a lot on the PC market. Um, games are being ripped away and DRM doesn't help anything like you said before. It just encourages it. And the Nintendo, if Nintendo would look at how the PC market's tried to fight it and it's backfired, Region free would stop probably. I wouldn't even say fifty percent of the piracy, but it would definitely curb at least a third of it. Well, I mean, the best hacking. The best way to stop piracy is to make it to make the way of getting the actual content that you're paying for easier than with the pirate. How the pirates are getting it. Yeah, but I think if you lowered the price point a bit here and there, or unlock the region where people like me, I wouldn't even have to hack it. I mean, some people will hack it, and I know this is, it's almost like a gateway. Somebody hacks their Wii to play some imports, then they start going, well, let me download this game before I buy it to see if I want it. Let me download this one. Let me download this one, because I've already got it hacked. And it Uh, leads to people, I believe, when they start getting into that comfort zone of being able to do that. See, the thing is, I think part of the problem with the market is right now is games are so expensive. I mean, 50 for a brand new Wii game, almost $60 for or a new game for any of the next-gen consoles. Um, and you look at some of these games have four years of development, and they have the same budget as a big-budget movie in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, of the movies in Hollywood, they don't get a theatrical release where they can make money off the gross sales like The Dark Knight and stuff, theatrical release. But... You look at the product entry for the consumer, and you can price your stuff accordingly. So, say, a ticket to the movies is about 10 bucks, roughly, given here where your market is. And then you go, say you like that movie so much you want to go get it on DVD, regular DVD. We're not counting Blu-ray, because Blu-ray it's, you know, can be a little bit more. But uh, you want to get it on DVD, that's $20. So you, the consumer has now spent a $30 investment into uh, a two-hour-plus uh, span. I think that the magic price point for games, who's trying to, you know, who should have a somewhat similar model, is around thirty dollars. See, I think thirty dollars is cheap, considering that you don't get yeah. that double dipping. Um, well, see, the thing is, the, the double dollars is pricing it out. I, I understand that. Um, my thing is, I think I would have bought, and I can tell you from as a consumer, I'd take chances on newer games that come out, like. I waited until Mirror's Edge came down to forty dollars to purchase it. Yeah. Brand new. I, See, I bought that day one, and I never regretted that purchase at all. Well, I'm hoping I won't regret it. But there's, a, I, I would buy more games, and I take more chances than being less about, you know, maybe I'm going to rent this one. Like if uh, House of the Dead Overkill, Overdrive, or whatever it is, Overkill. came out, I'd buy it. Yeah. Well, I think. The problem is is not that there needs to be an average price point like that. I think companies really need to look at, okay, 
let's look at this honestly. Let's not see how many gamers we can sucker into paying the 60 dollars $60. Where can we put it at to where we'll make more money? Games like a Halo, a Fallout 3, Mass Effect um, are going to... are worthy of that $60. It's a big triple A title. No, hold on. It's a triple A title. People pay for it. They sell 2 million copies within like um, the first like three to six months. That's fine. But when you have games like the game I just enjoyed, 50 cent, um, really no more than 30, $40. You need to look at what you're putting out there and you need to look at what's going to sell you more copies in the long run. Not how many can you sucker into that $60 price point now because there's so many games coming out, yeah, you'll lower it in a couple months, but your game's already forgotten about because another AAA title has hit the shelves. That, but also, Halo sold so much at 60. Imagine how many more copies they would have sold at 30 or 40. I don't think as many more. I honestly, I think so many people bought that game on day one because they had to have it. It wouldn't but make. That's, that's also the rare exception. I tell you, if a Fallout Three. Or like a fable, or one of the triple A's, but not as popular, would definitely would have sold better. Dead Space would have sold better. Mirror's Edge would have sold better because they didn't. They did not break the million well, mark. Mirror's Edge and Dead Space problem is the fact of when they released it, not the price point. The problem is releasing games around Gears of War two and other triple A titles. These are. Yep. The problem is, um, how I see it is. The company's not realizing where their product stands. Games like Gears of War 2 is guaranteed to sell big time. You want to sell one of your smaller titles that you want people to notice? Yeah, you sell it at $40. Um, Look at Sega Genesis Collection. $30 game. And a lot of stores were sold out of it within the first week. Because while they didn't get a lot of stock in like a bigger AAA title, but people looked at the price point and were like, I get 40-some games for $30 of classics that I'd love to play again. Sold. And Sega was like, this is the price point. This is perfect. People will pick it up. Even Oni Chambara, while it, if you paid $60, nobody would have picked I wouldn't even have picked up that game at $60. When I heard it was $40 for $360, $30 for the Wii, fuck, I'll pay that price. Can you explain, is the Wii one a sequel? It's technically a sequel, supposedly from what I've heard. I've yet to put it in. I just haven't had time to put it into the Wii. I've heard from a lot of people that it's actually a little more fun than the 360 version, but those are games that will sell extra copies because they're coming out at more of a budget title price point. The company knows this isn't a title that's going to sell at $50, $60. There's a game like X-Blades that comes out at $60, and it's a piece of shit. Maybe at $30, I wouldn't have been so harsh and critical of the game, but at $60, you're not pushing that crap on me. I bought X-Blades. I haven't played it yet. I played the demo at at New York Comic Con, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it at PAX, even though there was problems, and I couldn't play the game. Call me a sucker. Because I had a great conversation with one of the guys I was talking to about games and where they're going and everything about that. That I was like, you know what, I want to support him, so I bought the game. Call me a sucker. No, I agree. I talked to some of the guys when I was at PAX and had a great conversation. I told him some of my issues of how repetitive it was and how it needed a little tweaking. It was get, it get kind of long-winded on levels. Um, but it, it was a game that just 
when I realized $60 game, I was like, bullshit. This game is $40 tops, and I probably wouldn't have been as critical. But telling me that you're worth the same price as a Halo 3 or a Mass Effect? No. Get get the fuck out. And the Wii needs to realize that as well. They're titles for casual people. Casual gamers aren't going to pay constantly pay $50 a game. Even $40 a game. Nintendo awesome. needs to realize... My problem is Nintendo titles stay at their price point so fucking long. It's ridiculous. You go to the store and Mario Kart on the DS is still selling for $35. Because it still sells. Yeah, because yeah, it's still selling. The PS3 does that. Uncharted just became $40 used. Oh, I know. Same with freaking... Was this call it? Uh, Heavenly Sword is the same way. I stopped playing Resi- uh, Heavenly Sword. I want to continue, but that's oh, the access with the cannons. You can draw- turn that off. You can? Yeah. How? I don't know. Somebody was telling me you could turn it off. I think they must have added a patch. Oh, if you can, I'll go get that game tomorrow. Because it was awesome. If I don't have to use 6-axis, I'll be so happy. That, that's what... Like, the 6-axis and kill zone didn't annoy me that much because it wasn't, like, that obtrusive. And I actually enjoy the 6-axis and flower that with what I've played yeah. so But when it's, like, what they did in Sword, it's a little different. But I definitely think if you drop the price point on yeah. games about $30, $40, you're going to see a lot less used game sales. Yeah, here you go. Which actually helps brand new copies, which it helps the developers. Yeah, you just go into the main menu. All right. Or in-game, go to options and turn them off. What you do, having the motion sensor off, you turn camera off, aftertouch off, and combat off. Um, and it Basically... That's how you turn it off and you control it differently. I didn't mind the six axis once I got used to it, but that first arrow part was pissing me off. Well, the arrow part I, got, I did all right was when you had to launch the stuff at the cannons. Oh, see, I got, I got into that, even though I lost a couple times. But uh, you want seven? So, let me ask. Um, let me bring Church and Quig back into the conversation because right. they seem oh, to be sitting in the background a little. I just let me. I gotta. Cool little talking point. And I don't know if it's because of the fans of the game or if it's because of the economy or maybe a little bit of both. But I went to several different EV games mm-hmm. and they were telling me that they were could not sell their um, the collector's edition of RE5. Like They're like, it's not selling. We got, sold a few here, but we go... They're like, we sold out of regular copies before we sold out of collector editions. Interesting. But it's like $90. At yeah. the same time, that's a problem. Um, but uh, so let's go back to Church and Quigley. Let's look at the future. What do you think the future holds for Nintendo with uh, it, it, it with them staying on top, with them keeping the Wii and the DS's machines that just keep printing money for them? Well, I think uh, right off the bat, they're just going to stay the course. I, I don't think they're going to really change that much. I mean, maybe, you know, three years down the line, we'll see a Wii HD or something like that. And and, though, and the people who are going to jump on that are going to be, you know, um, your early adopters. Um, like the same thing they're, they're doing with the DSi currently. They're trying to get the early adopters to move to DSi. So, and then what they can do is lower the price point of the of the light you know, even just a little bit, 10, 10, 20 bucks, so they can get the people off the DS fat and, and get them onto the DS light. And you're going to have a whole new stream of people 
purchasing, you know, more DS lights, and so you're not yeah. going to see a new. But the DSi is one hundred eighty dollars. Well, I, uh, I'm not going to buy one, but you know, you're going to, you're still going to see, you know, a lot of, like I said, early adopters who are going to jump all over that, um, just for, you know, and especially, um, you know, teenage girls who want to play with a camera and do all these other things. Um, you know, they're really going to market to those people. You're going to see a lot more Carrie Underwood commercials and, you know, to market to them. But for the Wii, they're just, like I said, they're just going to stay the course. They're going to continue putting out, you know, like I said before, you know, they're going to continue putting out their, their certain lineup of games. They're just going to keep doing it over and over again until, you know, just to keep the core satisfied and continue on Wii Fit and more peripherals and whatever else they can sell us. Wii Motion Plus, they're finally going to get the Wii to act like it was supposed to act when it, when they first put it out. So, you know, I mean, basically what's going to come down to is I'm going to play Mario Galaxy 2 and then probably get uh, Wii Motion Sports and uh, so I could play uh, when uh, the new Tiger Woods comes out so I can play golf. That's about all I see myself getting. Yeah. Church, what about you? What do you think of the future? Uh, the future, what they should be doing. I mean, look, I agree with Quick. I mean, I, there's nothing that we can do. I mean, we can, we can point out so many things. They can release a new console. They can release better for, uh, third parties and whatnot for, for them to, to do something. But, it, I mean, the, the only thing I can think of is if they actually release more, you know, actual Japanese titles. Like for like you know not people that don't want to buy buy the Japanese version or whatnot. It, if they really for me if they release more Japanese title, I think a whole lot more, you you see a a brand new fan base. Well, you're gonna see a lot of uh, Japanese RPG style games coming out this year. Oh, that's a start then. Yeah, they've actually got three or four lined up just through the summer. So that's awesome. Yeah, I think I mean, it's going to help them a lot with some of the bringing back some of those JRPG fans that kind of left the system or left Nintendo after Super NES. I mean, that, that's that's, that's my thing. I mean, they 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 need to do something to bring back some of the uh, fan base that they lost so many years ago. I mean, they they've gone to the, this route where it's like, oh, we're gonna you know abandon. You know the people that made us, and uh, go with like the casual gamers and the kids and whatnot. And uh, I don't know. They they just really need to do something. I mean, I said it before. Sony needs to do something to step up at this E3. I I, I think Nintendo needs to do the same thing. So, what about you, Rich? Any final thoughts on the future for Nintendo? Well, I think definitely for the handheld market. They're probably gonna, regardless, they're gonna stay number one because they've always been like the number one. Uh, they like they own that market. They are the Microsoft of the handheld video game market. Though I do think they're gonna get a run for the money with the iPhone, the PSP. I know that they have coming out with new stuff, but I think the iPhone is where it's gonna be for game handheld gaming. I've seen some games on it, and there's more games coming out. I think you're gonna see some good stuff there. Uh, as far as their Wii console, yeah, they're, they're going to, this generation, they're going to be on top for the majority of it. Um, uh, unless, I, you know, I just don't know what the point of saturation is, where they're not going to be selling any more consoles. Um, 
you know, so you know, if the point of saturation comes, yeah, maybe the Xbox, which is the next leader in line, will probably outsell it from month to month if they reach that point of saturation. But I don't think the Xbox is going to reach the numbers that the Wii did overall for total sales. But that being said, uh, are they going to continue to be the leader in the console market? They are going to have a hard time taking these new consumers and bringing them over to a new console. They're going to have to once again do something as innovative to get the people to want out, want and go and buy another console. And that's going to be a tough thing to do because your core audience uh, will always go out and buy the new consoles because it's games, games, games. That's our thing. That's our hobby. We want to play games. If I told you tomorrow that when Xbox 720 was coming out in November, a good portion of that hardcore market is going to buy it. I mean, yeah, I'm not ready for a new console, but I go buy it because I want to continue playing games. I'm a sucker like them. Yeah, um, I'll give my thoughts now. Um, I basically see the DS Lite. I don't think it's going to change. I think with companies like Squaresoft and Atlas really pushing hard, and you get a lot of these um, point-and-click adventure games like a Phoenix Wright and all still taking off. Um, the DS has found its market of its core game style. Um, the stylus was a great addition, touchscreen and all that. I think the DSi is going to have a hard time taking off. I think the, it'll sell out initially. I think by the end of the year, um, a lot of uh, stores are going to have plenty of stock and they're going to have problems pushing it, at, especially at $180. Um, I do see Nintendo forcing a, at least a price drop down to $100 for the DS Lite. Um, for the Wii... Um, unless third parties really start stepping up, they're really going to have a hard time keeping the core gamer interested. I do see with the upcoming JRPGs, I think companies like Atlas will help the Wii a lot as they've helped the DS. Um, with the DS, they've pushed out so many, um, niche style RPGs and the RPG gamers lately have become a very core audience you want to bring to your console. Um, it's been proven where Sony had them for the PS1 and PS2 and how well those consoles did, and the PS2 is still pushing, pushing out some very good Japanese RPG games. Um, the 360 is basically stolen that market for the next gen, and I think the Wii has a chance to grab that market as well, where Sony has kind of ignored it. Um, if they don't, I think it's going to be tough. Um, like we said before, Shovelware, I think the next console, like Rich said, they're going to have to think of something else. I think if they do anything else, they're going to have to take what 360 and PS3 have tried to do with the camera and integrate some type of gameplay with that, but they're really going to have to make it actually work. No, they, they, I don't see Nintendo doing that because, you know, you got to protect the kitties. No, I, no, I'm not saying for online. I'm saying... Like nice, like take a picture as you're playing a game. And yeah, crush. well, I'm talking more of like the games where I hate to bring up the game was horrible, but Totem Ball on the 360 where you're moving with the camera. They're gonna have to come up with something like that. They're gonna have to add another accessory that adds more interaction with the game. Um, Wii fits great, but in your next console, that's not gonna fly. I think you're gonna have to add a, more interaction, like a camera that works. Right. Um, Sega will have to come out with the uh, activator ring for the Wii. Yeah. Oh God, I remember that. 
Um, but Maybe. they're definitely going to have to because you're not going to bring in that casual market. They're going to be like, I already have this Wii. I have fun playing it with parties. I really think within two years, Nintendo's going to see not sales fall off, but they're definitely going to hit a point where they just kind of hold. You're not going to see them continuously selling. Two constantly selling what? How much? How many do they sell a year? Well, they're gonna four to five million. They're gonna have realized soon that they're gonna need the core gamer to support them and continue on. Yeah, like I said, Wii Sports great. I think the new Wii Sports Summer Games will sell a lot, but one title is not gonna keep you in business. Um, they're definitely gonna need to bring in releasing remakes of your core titles is not what's going to happen. You're going to need to take those franchises and make actually full new games, new innovations in those games. Kind of like Mario Galaxy. I'm not a big Mario fan, but Mario Galaxy added a new twist to the universe. It was actually really good. I haven't finished yeah. playing it. What I have played, I... Yeah. And I hear Wario Shake, it's a good game. And it looks great, too, for the Wii. Yeah. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're definitely going to need more innovation like that. Um... You're not going to be able to keep putting out the same Mario Kart with new tracks. You're going to have to really change that. Um, same with Super Smash Brothers. It's one of the biggest hardcore games out there for the Nintendo fanboys and girls. But you, with the Wii, you're going to have to make some changes. You're not going to be able to put out that game again. The online is terrible for that game. That's another thing. If Nintendo continues down this friend code shit, they're going to fail. It has nothing to do with the friend codes, man. I mean, it's Dude, just friend like... friend codes is awful. It was well, an awful I'm not, design on the DS and the Wii. I'm not, I'm not arguing for the yeah. benefit of friend codes. I'm saying the friend codes had nothing to do with how bad the online was. No, I'm just so, saying overall for the system. It can't be any worse than PSN. Oh, no. no. It is. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it works really slick in Mario Kart. They have it where they actually got it really slick, but in Brawl, it's almost unplayable. Well, you have to have a friend a friend code for Brawl, right? Yeah, but you can still just say I want to I want to play people. You don't have to. Yeah. Because you, they can do that because you can't do anything other than there's only four sayings you can press, and one's like hi, you know. I mean, so it's not like you know you can have stalkers. So what Nintendo cares about? No, so, I know, but I but, think they're gonna have to have a better um, online network. They're gonna have to eventually create that. Um, no, I mean, not necessarily. If they're the young 10- to 12-year-old gamer, which tends to be a big market for the Wii, they don't care about that stuff that Well, much. I think, though, you're going to have people saying online gaming is where it's going. I mean, no. it's the reason why Microsoft has, outside of the Wii, between Microsoft and Sony, this is the reason why Microsoft is winning, is because of this online component. The Wii, to keep their hardcore market, is going to have to find out some way to do it other than friend codes. They're going to have to create that network. The hardcore market for the Nintendo is no longer profitable. All right? Yeah. I disagree. I just think they're ignoring it because the other one's making more of a profit. It's not that they're not profitable. They just want to make – they're looking at the wrong thing. You can release both games, both styles. The the thing is you got to look at the the consoles are somewhat different, especially in the market. Uh, the 360 does not make Microsoft any money. They lose money off the sale of every console. That's how it always That's, been. No, they make money now. Ever since 2000, late 2006, they started making money. 
not off the sale of the console. Yeah, off the sale of the console. Telling you, off the sale of the console. And the division they do, not the sale of the console. Microsoft Game Studios division turns a profit, but not the actual sale of the console. They're still taking a hit. The amount of hardware and cost in there doesn't work. They're making the money off the games that they publish and sell. The mm-hmm. first-party games, your Halo, your Halo Wars, uh, your Gears of War, which is published by them, and a, a lot of other titles that are published by Microsoft. That's where they're making the money. That they're making the money off of Xbox Live Arcade stuff and the sale of peripherals and all that, the live subscription, advertising on the website. That's where they're making the money. The console itself is not profitable. Wherever the Wii, the minute you buy the console, that's a profit for them because they're using a GameCube technology. No, I'm looking. Oh. Um, as of 2006, Microsoft started making a small profit on hardware. What hardware, though? The 360 hardware. Well, yeah, but is that the controllers, the headset? No, the console. Well, where? What source is this? I'm looking at TechSpot. But, but they probably don't make that. No, let's see. Um, back then it had a four hundred dollar price tag, and it was netting Microsoft seventy five dollars a unit. It doesn't seem right. But yeah, the arcade skew is now two hundred bucks, which is being talked about going as low as one thirty. Which is another thing that we's gonna have to look out for. Um, a one thirty dollar price tag may look may have some go. Even at 150, some may go. Well, this one's a little cheaper. It doesn't have all this, but maybe there's some games on here. I'm not saying it's going to take away all of the people, but it might grab the attention of some that it would have bought a Wii instead. But for 130 think... to 150, I think Microsoft has a good chance of at least grabbing a few people that would normally go with the Wii. No, I agree. And but focusing back on Nintendo on this is that. You guys keep saying, like, the hardcore market, like, they care about that. They're, by going after all these, you know, t- these tweens, you know, these 10 to 12-year-olds, they're creating their own market. Like, they're like, okay, now these people, when they grow up, it doesn't, it, like, they're going to, they've they've suckled on the nipple of Nintendo, and they're going to stay there, you know? So they're designing their own future market no, right now. I agree, and that's what Nintendo's always done. Nintendo fanboys are the most dedicated out there, um, even worse than a 360 or a Sony fanboy. Um, Nintendo, like my roommate, is a huge Nintendo fanboy, and they can do no wrong. Eventually, lately though, so, even he's been agreeing that the Wii needs to do something because he's starting to become a little disenfranchised with it. But I'll tell you, I would say even a year ago, Nintendo could do no wrong in his eyes. Okay, so I'm looking at the the Microsoft 10K. This is a breakdown, which is their financial report. They lose $175 per console. I wonder if that's because of the price drops they did then. No, this is at the when it was at the $400 range with the 20 gig hard drive. What year? 2006. Lose $126 per unit. It's citing a GameSpot article, but this is all related to the 10K. Um, so they're making, they are making a profit off of accessories though, but not the actual console. Because it says on this other one, as of November 20th, 2006, 
they make a $75 profit before the unit has been shipped. No, it, it's not. You, just the cost of what that hardware cost in there alone doesn't even make sense for that. I mean, they weren't even turning a profit at the $400 mark. Why would they now be turning a profit? A I'm not saying they're doing it now. At one point, they were. I'm sure they can take yeah. that hit again. That's what they did with the Xbox the whole time it was out. That's what they're doing the whole time here. They're taking a hit. That's, they're making everything else up. Yeah, but I think with them making a cheaper price point at this point, another drop, which will happen by the end of the year, the Wii is going to have to possibly make a price drop. But the problem is, in the UK, the pound's taking such a pounding, no pun intended, um, that the Wii is actually looking at a price increase in the UK. I heard about that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> would not be a smart move on their part because they did it. Well, it won't be up to them. They'll still be selling their console probably at the same price tag to the stores, but it, the stores might actually up the price point. That's dumb. So they're either going to have to lower the price to keep the stores at that price or possibly take a hit because the pound is in such bad shape. So with the way things are going, I mean, in Japan, they don't have to worry. The yen is still staying strong. Um, I just think that um, it's going to be an interesting next two years for Nintendo, especially on the console side, not the portable gaming side. I think they're fine there. Regardless of how DSi does, I don't think they're mass-producing it like the DS lights were. I don't think you're going to see it flooding the market. You might see an initial shortage, kind of like the Wii was. But I don't think that's out of strategy as much as it is they don't expect the demand to be there like the DS Lite. Not initially. Um, so I think the handheld, they're fine. I think the next two years, though, for the Wii itself will be very interesting to see how everything plays out. I don't know how Nintendo's going to keep it going without making some type of change, even if it includes a price drop. If anyone's going to figure it out, it's going to be them. Yeah, I personally think the Wii will hit $200 within two years. And I would say probably next year, early next year, it'll hit $200. I know it's not happening this year. (laughs) They're just now getting to the point where you can easily find it in stores. So I say next year you you will see the price drop. They'll wait another Christmas season. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I was thinking maybe not this year, but next year's E3. They might announce a price drop. And a new color. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think they need to add some variants. The white's a little... Well, the original model, when it was the Revolution, they had a black thing on it. It's looked a lot better. What happened to the black? Well, that's they decided that they were going to call it a Wii and go white. What are they, racist? Well, no, nah, I'm not going to go into stereotypes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I could easily be like, well, we could look at the Japanese in Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 4. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I didn't agree with that editorial. I don't too. agree with it either. I just think it's funny that people actually are seeing that. But um, but that make all these other games racist against white people. But you don't hear. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, 
Well, I think we had a good discussion there. Um, so I want to tell the listeners if you have anything to say. Um, I will be starting a forum thread as soon as this is up for this show, or you can leave a comment or send a message to us with your thoughts. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so it's basically the end of the show. Rich, we thank you for coming on. Do you want to tell them where yeah. they can find you? Oh, uh, yeah, well, we're up, up on Pwn under the play section for uh, Gametopia's podcast. You can find us there, but you can come to Gametopias.com. Um, we're pretty active on the site forums. We got podcasts. Uh, yeah, check me out there. You got a Twitter? Uh, yeah, it's uh, twitter.com slash gametopius. Yeah, uh, you can see him bashing me up for hentai and Asian women. I, it's a not. replies. There's so much comedy gold right there, hentai games. I mean, <laughs> it'll be at least five years before I'm like, oh, you know what? I think I beat the dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh, church. How can people get a hold of you? You can find me at pwn. dot com slash church forty two fifty two, and I'm on Twitter at church forty two fifty two. All right. And Quiglin. Yep. You can catch me on pwn. dot com at pwn. dot com slash Quiglin, and at Twitter slash Quiglin. Yep. And everybody can find me at twitter. dot com slash g nitro. Pwn.com slash GNitro, and you can also hear me arguing more with Rich over at Gametopia Podcast. Just look for the cute Asian girl as his avatar on Pwn, and you'll know it's GNitro. Yeah. True. Um, I'm also, you can find me as GNitro on the Gametopia community. Body is. Hey, Rich, you, you, you might want to change the, uh, the total meltdown uh, in the podcast spotlight on your page. It, Mo's not the co-host no more, unfortunately, so... You know what? Because I did that one. Mo- I haven't changed it. I haven't done that in a bit. <laughs> yeah, we're actually get- well, we're gonna add that to the podcast section. weren't weren't you talking about that? What? What? Huh? What? weren't you what? gonna talking about adding that to your podcast section under the drop down? <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah, we gotta no. do. <laughs> no, we were talking about that the other night. It was it was a few weeks back. We forgot because we started working on your RSS feed to try to get you back up on iTunes. Yeah. Well, once we fix our RSS feed. <laughs> but we're going to be switching. I think i got to talk to Andy about it some more. He's just been swamped. It's been tough. Um, other than that, I also want to say you can check, you can follow Total Meltdown on Twitter as well. Twitter.com slash Total Meltdown. Pwn.com slash Total Meltdown. Hit us up, leave us comments, questions. Uh, hope to have a voicemail system soon so people can actually call and we'll play your voicemail on air. Uh, hopefully within the next couple of months. Um, we do have, have to... Themes when people call in, like, this theme this month is you have to sound like a phone sec operator but related to video games. I think that would be great. be some comedy gold right there. I don't know about that. Oh, <laughs> um, well... Quiglin Church myself have to decide the next podcast discussion. I can't find my other paperwork with some of the discussions. Um, so there was PS2 slowdowns. Yes. Uh, your memories and steps. where that's going. Uh, where is what is left for the next generation? Um, like with the 720, the PS4. What is left for them to do? Uh, collector's editions. Do U.S. companies do it correctly? And then adult-only games. Will, would, uh, will an AO game ever be published here in the United States? For a console. 
Because we know we have them on PC. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yes, we do. Every week you tell us all about them. <laughs> and discussion right now for the last one. Microsoft and Sony have both said they won't allow AO games. Well, that's because the stores like... Walmart and they get the first day on their consoles. But I think with digital distribution in the future, it could be a possibility. Not for the consoles, because it all has to go through Microsoft's approval process. Disagree. I think eventually you're going to have it, even if it's not in a, a sex title, but that's for the... Damn Until right. Microsoft changes their policy, it's not going to change. Well, it wasn't a Grand Theft Auto. Hold on, hold on. We need to save this for another podcast, damn it. <laughs> um, so which one do we want to do? I think the AO one, since you already started. Yeah, we started. We might I, I don't want to do the AO one yet. Me, personally, I'd like to do the PS2 one, considering the support is slowing down. Yeah. I'm with that. Okay, let's do it. Okay, well, next week, leave us your comments of PlayStation 2, uh, what were your fondest memories, your favorite games, and what do you wish they had done better with the PS2? Um, and if you remember any missteps, like I can name a few from the launch. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll discuss that next episode. want to thank Rich for coming on. Thank uh, you. Look, either next episode or the episode after, we should have the Average Joe Gamer guys on. Nice. You guys don't like me on the podcast, send all your hate mail to Nitro because I don't want to read it. I'm a, <laughs> trust me. I will, every Any hate mail on Rich, I will read on air. <laughs> <laughs> and I will read it on Gametopias at random times. I'll just hang up on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you. <laughs> but um, thanks for coming on, Rich. It was a lot of fun. Some heated I arguments. I hope your <laughs> listeners don't hate me too much. <laughs> The no, last no 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 you made fun of you made fun of Mike that's that's enough to yeah keep you them do going what Quig and Church are afraid to do. <laughs> last show I went on I was actually they're on my own network I got banned because <laughs> I pissed off one of the co-hosts. You won't piss me off I dish yeah. out the jokes like, and I take them right Like a joke it was like a joking thing and then he got like really mad and I got a phone call and he was like you know he didn't really like how you were making fun of how he couldn't log into the forums. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, wow, not gonna be able to have you on the show again. I was like, yeah, all right, well, it's not that good of a show, anyways. But yeah, <laughs> I'm banned from my own podcast network. Yeah, well, maybe we'll we can get you back on here again, and we can bring in Adele and Rachel. Oh yeah, and at, not this week, but check out yeah. March 23rd's episode that Nitro should be on. We got uh, Kyle Jones of the Video Game Outsiders. Forgot about that nice. coming up. Yeah, and I almost forgot Alex. I don't want to leave her out, even though she's been MIA for a couple weeks. Yeah, we need to change the recording time because she's penning the new, she's inking the new Watch uh, Witchblade comic book. Oh, nice. Mm. Um, all right. Well, thank everybody for listening. I know it's uh, about an hour longer than normal, um, <laughs> but thanks no. for sticking around. If you listen this far, no blooper this week. They didn't. Um, if you didn't hear the blooper last time, it's after the song on last week's episode. Is G Nitro didn't feel like circle jerking this week? No, not at all. No, I'll say but, that um, for the next week. It was a busy weekend. Yeah, make sure you listen to the blooper and make sure your players on repeat so it goes right to where we begin. So, yeah, you'll actually hear it if the exact chronological order if you have it on repeat. You <laughs> should do a remix of you saying that in a song, and you should give them an award for that. <laughs> no, we're still waiting. Um. Actually, Wes from Average Joe Gamer claimed he had an intro for us, and I haven't talked to him in a bit, so i got to see what's up with that. 
I'm still waiting for people to Photoshop me into a uh, yeah, nobody's Survivor horror game. Nobody's even set mentioned that, so um, if it doesn't happen, I'll keep the copy of Dead Space for myself. So. I'm waiting to see where I can get into uh, Gametopia's uh, podcast. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, we'll get you on. I gotta check. I gotta log in and check your schedule because I know we've been booking people uh, from other podcast guests to come on. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, well, I think this Monday we're free. Okay. Should be tomorrow. Yeah, but I'm not 100 percent on that, and I know we're gonna might be changing the time and some other stuff. All right. As long as it's not too late at night, we're good. We're gonna do it around 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I'll be. This will be me. What are you doing, Nitro? I'm sleeping. <laughs> sure, you're sleeping. Yeah. Set so, it here in the background. Nothing. Well, at 1 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. It's usually my alarm going off to wake up to add new games on Guzex. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get good, dude. It's such a fight now to get so far up in line. You gotta be up at that time. You're like one of those people that used to stay up late to get the first deal on Woot when it came out. Nah, I don't do that. But I did stand in line for five hours for a PS2. Good lord! Oh yeah, you did tell me about that. Never mind. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Well, we'll discuss that next week on the PS2 memories and stuff. There you go. <laughs> um, so thanks, everybody, for listening for real this time. We're out. Thanks, Rich, for coming by. Thank you, Quig. Thank you, Church. And we'll s- talk to you all next week. Peace. Later.